Alone time in my laughing place. Time to relax, grab myself a bribeberry, and listen to mouse rants. W what's mouse rants? Ah, you scared me, Brad Bear. Sorry. How's it that you never heard of mouse rants? <laughs> what is it? Some sort of podcast? Why, yes, it is. But remember, mouse rants contain strong language that you or someone with you may find inappropriate. If y'all easily offended or have no interest in Disney, it's time to be turning around. <laughs> inappropriate language? Well, that's offensive. Thanks anyway. <laughs> Ooh, I don't got that Brad Bear again. <laughs> I love my laughing place. Brad Bear, you idiot. You're going to let Brad Bear get away again. How you going to do that when you go to the same over here? We're getting down to the right patch with us. We're just going to see these enough stuff. Save you. Oh, oh. Well, let's find it out. Why don't we listen to some mouse rants? I've been watching these like really lame YouTube videos and I'm I've been getting addicted to them. They're like um awesome Disney toys and um it's like these people unpackaging sh shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've seen them. I've I've done one before. <laughs> I it's so like stupid but yeah, it's I addictive i can't stop watching them for some lame reason i don't know why so you just like watching people take stuff out of the box i just started doing it the past couple days and i've been like addicted to them i keep like going back and watching more and more of them that's that's great well, what was the last one you saw oh i saw this one where this guy like put together these these uh balls Okay. Like, <laughs> Sounds like, good so far. <laughs> no, no. They he it was like this like um stuff that looked like pop rock kind of material, like crinkled up pieces of plastic, like right. in little baggies, and he poured them into molds and then dipped them in water and held them underwater for a minute and then took them out and they were like rubber balls that would bounce. It was <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, it was the craziest thing. It's a toy you can buy. And, and you can make kid? your own balls. Yeah. <laughs> make your make, own balls. Make, make your own balls. balls. <laughs> okay. Hey, this is this will be good for those uh those of us or those of us, not us, but uh those with, you know, ball cancer. They can at least, you know, replace their, their fucking balls. Or for people who need balls. Or, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Don't Which have... there is a lot. <laughs> oh my That's god. Great. Welcome to episode 29. My name is Jerry Skids. With me, as always, is Miss Simone DeMilo, my co-host. How you doing, Simone? I'm I suck. Oh, again? Seriously? Every fucking time? I don't know. Oh, this time you held it, though. I guess that's something different. That's something different. I just, I try to mix it up a little bit, you know, oh, every not, once in a while. Variety you know, not, life. Not really, but anyway. Uh, whatever. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> if you heard um, another voice beforehand, you're not psychotic. There is someone else on the line with us. Today, it's Mr. Chris Linden from DisneyChris.com. Is that correct? Yeah, it is correct. Right. Oh, and for a second, I'm like, is there a Just because right there? there are three voices and you are hearing the correct amount of voices does not mean you are not psychotic. I should just point that out. That is true. You could perfect. still be psychotic. In fact, if you're and I'm choking on my words. Do not die. Don't die. <laughs> we don't want that. No. <laughs> um, what was I oh, yeah. In fact, if you are listening to us, you definitely are psychotic. But that's yeah, okay. Well, see. <laughs> <laughs> we love psychos on this show. Um, Chris, people may not really know you except for the fact that I, I think we promoted you one or two times on the show. Um, but... You have a great website, and I can't believe how much audio is on it. Why don't you talk just a little bit about that before we get into the topic? All right. Well, I've been collecting Disney audio since I was basically in diapers, so about three weeks now. No. (laughs) (laughs) No. Since I was a little boy, and um, I I used to use my dad's old stereo set, and I would make mixtapes on reel-to-reel. And later cassettes. That's how old I am. That started out with reel to reel. And then um, I, um, you know, just over the years amassed a huge collection of vinyl. And then when the computer came around and people were trading rare audio on the internet, then it kind of went over the, the tipping board. And I, you know, ever since then I've been collecting and I have thousands of hours of Disney audio. So I created a website to share it with everybody. And um, one of the main things I do on my website is a thing called the uh, Disneyland Audio Tour. And it's just uh, basically um, a collection of everything from the past and the present from Disneyland. Anything that was recorded as an audio um piece is basically on there. I have currently 914 tracks on there. Wow, that's wow. a lot. And in addition, each individual track I have a corresponding picture next to it and a little paragraph describing what it is. It's a lot. It's divided into 24 chapters and each chapter is a themed area of Disneyland and it's pretty involved and it's something that I'm, you know, I spend a lot of time on, and it's, I don't know, I get a lot of positive feedback, and just want other people to know about it, because I work really hard on it, so it's always good to tell people about it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I heard um, a couple of the older tracks, what was it from the 60s, right? And uh, with a Mark Twain one that I was listening to the other day. Right, right. Um, some of the 60s, it sounds like it was recorded yesterday. The work that you do on these tracks is absolutely phenomenal i can't even imagine like i mean i do a lot of work i do editing and stuff like that but i can't imagine the time that you put in to make these tracks that clearly i mean something recorded in the 60s it's not recorded on the most professional right um audio and, and you make it sound like it's from a recording from from like recently if it was still if like, these things were still around so i mean yeah i don't just post my audio onto my website i edit it and i clean it and i make new mixes and like for the Mark Twain is a good example. I added sound effects and sounds of the water and the birds and, you know, the different things you see along the river. I added all the sound effects in to make it sound like you're really riding aboard the Mark Twain. 
and I cleaned up the original audio I had. I sent you the original so you could compare yeah. it. Huge and, difference. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't just post, like, other, there's a lot of places that post, you know, Disney theme park audio, but they don't bother doing anything to it. They just post it as they get it. Um, and that's not what my site is about. My site is about making it premium sound, the best it possibly can be. And it takes hours and hours sometimes to clean up the audio that I have. I'm working on, today I was working on the, um, the Barker bird from the Enchanted Tiki Room that used to be outside in front of the Tiki Room and like beckon people to come in to the, to see the show. And it took me, I'm only halfway done editing it. It's a five minute track and it took me about eight hours to edit two and a half minutes of it. Wow. The track you have is live, right? Or is it uh, a recording? It's, it, I believe it's a recording of a recording of a recording. Oh, wow. And it was probably on Reel to Reel, um, which for those who don't know, that's before they had cassette tapes. It was magnetic tape that you had to thread through a special tape machine, kind of like a film projector does. And... Um, yeah, if they watch any any uh, period pieces, sorry, uh, from like the '60s about any bands recording, you'll see them in the uh, right. professional studios. Right, the big circles that spin around. Yeah, yeah. So um, the problem with magnetic tape is over time it deteriorates and the sound quality gets messed up and lots of distortion. So it's difficult to clean that up. And also. I mean, back in the 60s, when they were editing all this stuff originally, it was done with a scissor and scotch tape. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the editing um, that they did has some limitations and some glitches in it, and I try to improve those um, original glitches that have always been a part of it, but I want to make it better and make it sound you know, better than it ever did. So that's a lot of work, too. Absolutely. Chris is the George Lucas of Disney music, let me tell you. And, and, and not, not in the bad way. He didn't, he didn't ruin Star Wars, but... Um, yeah, wait a minute. What, that's not a compliment. <laughs> he cleaned up audio and the video very well for his, for his older films. That's the part I'm talking about. Oh, I see. The okay. Creative, the creative part. You're, you're your own person, let me tell you that. <laughs> uh, do you have anything else you want to promote? I mean, we'll do it again at the end, but anything else you want to promote now before we uh, start up? Um, yeah, well, I'm on a, I'm kind of a permanent member of a pod, another podcast called Mouse Music. Mm, yes, that's right. I've heard um, a couple episodes. Very interesting stuff, and uh, they're, you know, they're very good podcasters. Yeah, they're, they do several different ones, um, and they're the two guys that do it, Wendell and William. Mm-hmm. They're musicians. So they're like really into music and like most of their podcasts are about um music and film and they have one of their shows that's devoted to Disney music in film and in theme parks and in general. Oh, really? Um they're they're both big fans of Disney as well. So um I do a special segment for them called the uh Disney Music Archives, and I kind of talk about the history of obscure different Disney songs from, you know, 
the earlier days. Um, so it's kind of fun. It's not like this show. It's more of a like a history show. Um, yeah, but it's super interesting. I mean, last time you talked about the small one, which most people don't know. Yeah. Um, and that I mean that movie, I, I saw it a long time ago, and back back in the nineties. Yeah. And, uh, no, it was, it, I mean, I, I was a big fan, but I haven't really heard much of it. I don't even know if they re- released it on DVD. Yeah, um, they did, but they didn't really promote it much. I mean, they don't make a big deal about it. Have you seen that one, Simone? Uh, I have not. I have not heard of it. It's about a, a donkey, and it, like, takes place in Bethlehem on Christmas Eve. It's kind of a Christmas story. Oh. And it's about the donkey that Mary rode, I guess. But it's not overly religious. It's more, it's it's definitely more secular, but it kind of has a little bit of a religious overtone, but it's not in your face. Ah, uh, okay. It's, it's subtle. It's not something that you, if you're not religious, you can't sit and watch and enjoy. So, yeah, I talked about that, and I talked about, like, a song from the 50s that was from the Disney television series, and, you know, just really obscure things like that. Yeah. But it's not something, see, I wanted to do your show because I don't ever get to just talk about Disney. I always have an agenda when I do a different podcast, so it's kind of fun just to have a discussion. And a discussion we will have. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, you were telling me on Twitter, um, you worked for Star Tours, right? I did. I worked at Star Tours at the same park as you at the Disney, what well, was called then, the Disney MGM Studios. Still called the MGM Studios to me. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that. <laughs> so wait, so you worked at MGM, because I know that you are obviously, based on your website, a huge fan of Disneyland, but you didn't work at the Star Tours in Disneyland. You worked at no. the same one in MGM. No, when I was in... Um, High school, I moved to um, the East Coast, mm-hmm. and they had the college internship program, which I think is what you did also, right? I did, yes. And that's why I went down to Disney World to work. I actually did it two times. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah, the first time I worked at the Magic Kingdom as a custodian on Main Street. And the second time, I went back and I was bumped up to attractions, and I worked at the studios. Did you stay at Vista? The first time I stayed at Vista Way, the second time it was the summer and Vista Way was completely filled up, so they put us in an even nicer condo. Chatham? Um, I don't remember what it was called. <laughs> I remember it was pink, pink stucco, <laughs> and it was and it was brand new. It had just been built. Wait, what year was it? Uh, ninety six. 96, okay. Because I stayed in Chatham. I didn't stay in, in Vista. Uh, yeah. because, because I knew Vista was like the party place. And mm. I was like, I can go there whenever I want. Yeah. But at night, when I want to go home and get some fucking sleep, mm-hmm. I can just go back home. And that's what I did. So it ended up being the perfect place to be because I could go out and party. But then, yeah. you know, if I had worked the next day, I, could, I don't have to worry about people having psychotic parties in my apartment. Everyone went to sleep. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So that's great. That's great. Um, and how did you feel about working at Star Tours? Like, what did you like better? I know showkeeper, not a fun job when it comes to the cleaning up part. But when it comes to the guest interaction part, it's, it's a lot more than when you're working attractions. Oh, I mean, I, that was my experience. I preferred attractions tenfold. It I would was, assume so. It was <laughs> a lot better. Yeah. I just, I'm not into getting dirty. 
<laughs> I, I feel your pain. If, I, I remember when they were asking me what I wanted to do. The first thing I said was entertainment. They said, yeah. if that's not available, I said attractions. And they said, in the third choice. And I was like, I don't know. That's all I really want to do. And then they kept trying to push um, Showkeeper on me. But yeah. they didn't tell me what it was, as if I didn't do my research. They, they were, were like, calling well, it Showkeeper? They didn't even try to hide it. For me, they, they, <laughs> called it, they called it custodian. I've never oh, heard did of they? showkeeper. When did that start? Showkeeper. I don't know. They they were um, recruiting. <laughs> <laughs> did you have a recruiter when they came to you? Yeah, they had a, they had a couple of recruiters and they interviewed us. You know, they did like the group interview thing, which I always hate. Um, <laughs> oh. They sit you in a room with five people and then they ask you all the same questions and. Uh. I hate those, but <laughs> I actually tried out three times before I finally got a- accepted. Oh, really? Yeah. I tried out my, like, sophomore year, my junior year, and finally got accepted my senior year. See, and, and now they take anybody, as you can tell by when and when you're walking around in the... Oh, my uh, God. The cast members are like, yo, can I help you? What the fuck, <laughs> really? man? They were really picky about. They were really picky about who they picked, and they there was a lot of people trying out for it. So I mean, it was it was kind of stressful, and you didn't know if you were going to get accepted or not. It's it's true, and and I had the individual recruiter recruiting. So luckily, I was able to just talk to them one on one, and that's when they were trying to push the showkeeper on me. And then until I realized, they were like, "Wait!" I'm like, "Wait a second. Is this a jan- is this a janitor?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "No, no, no. I'm fine with the two. If you can't get me either of those, I'll just not go." <laughs> and so, but I feel like they just take like literally they just take anybody. Yeah. Now, I mean, they back when they recruited me, I was. It was the same thing as you, that where they were like very a lot of intricate questions, and it was a little stressful. Luckily, yeah. I didn't have the group interview like you did because that I would have been actually uh-huh. really stressed because I can't I can't do stuff in front of people. Yeah, yeah, that was like a really big deal like back then. Like, cause one of my friends um, from college, she went in for that, and I remember it was like, I mean, I didn't go go in for that. I don't know why. I I don't know. I just wasn't for some odd reason. I wasn't into it like yet. Like, I don't know, maybe because I, after I met you, I just became like way more into Disney. Uh, but like when, when, uh, back then I remember it was a really big deal. Like they had these like college fairs and stuff and they would come in and people would get like stressed out over it and everything. Like, you know, this was really big now like when you walk around the park and you know these people with the um uh the college uh things on their on their name tags it's their the service is horrible coming from that it really is yeah you know what the thing is too that one of the reasons people back then wanted to work for disney even if it was like an entry-level position is because when you graduate from college and you put that on your resume that puts you up 10 points above the competition. If they see Disney on your resume, that stands out. Oh, yeah. But now, I don't know if that's so much the case because the customer service is no longer um, considered to be what it used to be. Um, It's it's declined, and I don't think people are as impressed by it as they once were. Yeah. I agree. I don't think... I still have Disney on my resume, but I don't think they give a shit, honestly. Yeah, they don't anymore. <laughs> it's just no longer, um, you know, what it once was. It, it's become just kind of a 
passing fancy and before it was like you worked for the best of the best of the best when you worked for Disney, you know, but it's not like that now, unfortunately. Thanks, Iger. (laughs) (laughs) And we thought we hated Eisner when he was here. I hated them both. (laughs) Eisner was great when he, when it was the heyday of Disney film and everything. The parks were great in the nineties. You know, let me tell you my theory on Eisner. Go for it. Eisner was only good when he had Frank Wells checking Uh, him. And then he died. When Frank Wells died, the company went to hell. I think Frank Wells was the magician behind the curtain with all that. And he just let uh, Michael Eisner take all the bows. But I really think he was the quiet one that was pulling all the buttons and turning Disney into what it was. Um, because it's obvious, I mean, as soon as he died, like, that's exactly when things started to go downhill for Disney. When people started mentioning, wait a second, he seems a little greedy now. Yeah. You know, it's when, it's when people really started. It's true. It's true. And did you ever read Disney War? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's mentioned in there, too, and you can kind of... You can kind of tell it's a great read, first of all, and also a great audio book. I've listened to that too. But <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely suggest that book. Just by the way, for anybody out there who hasn't checked it out, it it really goes through the um, not only the financial but the arguments and the weird psychotic relationships between Eisner and Katzenberg and mm-hmm. and everybody involved in that situation. So it's actually it, it reads. Just as well as the, the Console Wars reads, which is a, a book about how Genesis was, uh, or sorry, Sega was fighting uh, uh, Nintendo right. in the 90s. Right. Very, very similar in structure, and I like both of those books, so just a word out there. <laughs> let's talk about some MGM. Um, I know I said no structure, but let's at least start from the beginning, because that's, you know, a starting off, a jumping off point. Um, so basically, I put these things in stages. So we start with the backlot stage, which is 1989 to 1992, where basically the whole entire MGM Studios was ba- based around this backlot tour, um, the long backlot tour. Um, and then we also had things like the Monster Sound Show and uh, Superstar Television, all those things. This is this is the true MGM Studios era, where everything was based around a studio, stunts, sound, foley work, all that stuff. Right teaches you, just like Epcot, it's very edutainment. Um, and this uh, obviously was my favorite era. Um, how about you, Chris? Well, I grew up in Southern California, and I grew up going to the original Universal Studios. We'd go there about once a year, and basically all that was was a tram tour. It was even longer than the one at the Disney MGM Studio when it first opened. The, whole, the entire purpose, the entire reason for going to Universal was the tram tour. There was really nothing else there but the tram tour. And it was about a five-hour tour. Oh, my God. Yeah, and they had, like, a break in the middle, and kind of, they they called it the annex, and you'd get off, and you could, you know, use the restrooms, and then there was a small walking portion, just like MGM used to have. But it was basically just the tram tour. So, when I went to MGM, I was expecting it to be the same, and um, it sort of was, but growing up going to to the Universal, which was just so much more intense, and it really was a legendary studio where they really produced some classic Hollywood films at 
this exact place, you know. It wasn't something they just built brand new. So it had it had some gravitas behind it, you know. Right. It had it had, you know, like they had the original psycho house, the mm-hmm. actual one that was built for the film. And, you know, they had the Munster's house and they had Leave It to Beaver's house and they had they had the square where the nineteen fifties town from Back to the Future was filmed and you know, just all these classic Hollywood films. So MGM Studio was it was nice, but I was holding it up to a higher standard because I had seen something that was even better, you know? But I still enjoyed it, um, and it was basically, like you said, Jerry, it was just the tram. The tram tour was, took up half half of your day, um, and there were only a couple of rides. First time I went, Star Tours wasn't even there, because yeah. I went only a couple months after it opened, maybe even a month after it opened. The, in fact, the first time I went there the um planters were still bare like they the, the the plants hadn't grown in yet there was like dirt in the planters <laughs> even the rides were themed around hollywood and making movies and you know the great movie ride was always there oh yeah and then the uh indiana jones stunt show was set up like it was teaching you how they do stunts for Hollywood films, you know. It was, you know, it still is. I mean, it hasn't right. changed, but that was why they they felt it belonged there, because it was showing you how stuntmen and stuntwomen work. Right. Oh, but it has changed, Mr. Chris. It has changed. How so? There are no more swastikas. Oh, <laughs> no really? more swastikas. They they had swastikas back in the day, and I guess somebody eventually said, I know these were in the movie, but this is Disney World, and you have swastikas on your plane. Well, I worked at that, too. Um, when I worked at Star Tours, mm-hmm. I also worked as an usher for the theater for um, the um, Indiana Jones epic stunt spectacular. I, I kind of did, like... 75% at Star Tours and, like, 25% at the theater. Right. Like, a, as a fill-in. So, yeah, they, they were still wearing swastikas back in 96 when I did it. Oh, they did? Well, I didn't realize it lasted that long. I remember yeah. seeing it when I was younger. But yeah. But I didn't realize how... Wow, because now they're just crosses. They're just, like, basically plus signs. What? Um. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's been do like they that work for the blue cross, the red cross? What is? <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually kind of hard to find the old the old plane with the swastikas on them. Wow. Like I like when you look for pictures. Yeah. In fact, I'm looking it up right now to show you what it what it looks like. Um, it's like the ET yeah. with the uh, the walkie talkies instead of the uh, the guns. <laughs> yeah, they, they yeah. took all the guns out and put walkie talkies in. That's another. Even though it's really? Spielberg, it's George. I'm going to blame George Lucas for that too. Yeah. <laughs> but just blame George Lucas for everything. <laughs> yeah, it's only in the special edition, Chris. Don't worry about it. You won't you won't have uh, be seeing that if you watch the original ET movie. But the special edition, they were just like, yeah, you know, we'll you know we'll just take out guns, so if it looks like they're going to shoot anybody, don't worry about it. Oh, oh that's God. stupid. Yeah, that's what the plane looks like now. I haven't seen the photo yet, but I have the photo. Oh, 
I'm, oh, there it is. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, that had, I, I remember that, and it did have swastikas on it when I, when I was working there in 96. Wow, it's more recent than I thought. I really uh-huh. thought it was, like, out in, like, the early, early 90s, so. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Yeah. But, yeah, so it has changed. <laughs> I mean, maybe but, I'm remembering it wrong because, you know, sometimes you yeah. do that and your mind remembers what it wants to remember, which is kind of scary that it wants to remember it that way, but... <laughs> I don't... <laughs> Fucking Nazi on the show. I know, I know oh, we have degenerates that we're half assholes. Half my family's Jewish, so that'd be a little oh. difficult. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hitler himself was Jewish. Don't forget. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Never forget. No. Um, <laughs> so, okay, so, Simone, I know you've only been on the shorter backlot tour, but have you seen videos of the older... Tour? Uh, have I seen videos of the tour? I don't know. I haven't looked at footage from, like, older, like, MGM stuff, like, in a while. But I know that, like, after... Well, we we went on the shorter Backlot tour, and I just remembered being very underwhelmed by everything. I'm just like, okay, this <laughs> is all right. It's fine. Yeah. But um, I recently went to Universal Studios in, in Florida, because um, I was doing some work over there, and I mean, I'm a, I've always been, you know, like, like like a Disney girl. I've never been to Universal, so I had just always assumed that Universal was gonna suck, because you know it's like the the inferior park. But when I went there, because of all the crap that's been going on with um with the studios and everything, I was like, wow, Universal's actually pretty nice compared to Hollywood Studios. Yeah. Like I I could not believe that I was actually enjoying Universal, the park that I always refuse to go to every single time we go to Walt Disney World. I'm like, eh, I don't feel like going to Walt the, to Universal. Why the hell would I want to waste a day at Universal? And then I went over there, and I actually was very pleasantly surprised. I mean, the, the Shrek 4D thing is awful. It's god-awful. That's terrible. Have you, Chris, have you been on the Shrek? Have you seen the Shrek I've never, thing? I've never been to the one in Florida. Oh. The one, like I was saying, the one in California is totally different than the one in Florida. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, because uh, there's a lot less... The, there's the, less rides. It's all about that tram tour. It's still that way now. Yeah, I um, mean, yeah, they have, um, I don't, they don't have a tour, though, in, uh, there's, there's no tram tour at, yeah, know, in Florida. Yeah, yeah, there isn't one there. The one in California kind of incorporated all the rides that Florida has separately, because I remember going on the one in California when I was younger, and it went through Jaws, and it went through the Mummy, and it yeah. went through, Yeah, the um, tram actually goes through the rides, like you're on the tram while you're doing all those things. Oh, it's like the TTA, it's like the TTA then. <laughs> I, I don't know how you compare the two. I don't know. Oh no, no! I see what you're saying. No, it doesn't go through the rides. Oh, <laughs> you, know, you know, you know how Catastrophe Canyon was on at the MGM tram tour when you went through Catastrophe Canyon. Remember that yeah. part? Yeah. That's what it was like. But there were like several different things like that. There was a Jaws scene. There was a collapsing bridge that you went over. There was earthquake. There was earthquake. There was an avalanche. There was a flash flood. I mean, there was just all these different things happening to you while you were on the tram. Uh, like you're you're lucky you got out of there alive, basically. <laughs> That's, and a shark attack. And, oh my god! <laughs> and so then when you got on the tram, you had the monsters chasing. You know, the Universal monsters. Yeah. Like oh they had. 
Frankenstein and Dracula running after you. Yeah, it was pretty fun for a you know, kid like me who was scared of his own shadow. But <laughs> Wow. Yeah, they have um they have this ride called um this attraction called Disaster or something like that. And it's basically yeah. it's like you're going through a disaster movie, but it's kinda mixed in what would it be like kinda like? Um it's kind of, I guess, mixed with indie in a way, in that, like, they take people to be, like, volunteers and stuff, like, to be extras, like, in the movie. Like, and then at the end, when you're riding the, uh, the, the, basically, you're filming scenes. So, like, so they pick a bunch of people who volunteer. It's like, oh, who wants to be the villain? And who's a big strong guy? And who's this? You know, blah, blah, blah. Who right, could be the right. vixen? So then they film. They take you. They make you wa- watch this, like, pre-show with Christopher Walken, who talks about a bunch of stuff. And I don't even remember what he talked about. It was like, okay. Like, a lot of it was just, like, little comedy bits. And then there was, like, an actual, like, um, I want to call them cast members, but, like, they're not, you know, the the person who who does the host of the thing. And then you go in, you film all the segments, and at the end they do this whole, like, kind of like a catastrophe canyon with the whole, um, like, flooding and all this stuff. And it's like, oh, my God, it's an earthquake. This subway is going to blow up and all this crap. And then you get to watch on your way back after everything blows up. You get to watch your video, like the movie that you made, which was actually kind of cool, but you know, you don't get to see Jaws or anything like that. But, um, it was kind of, it was kind of like that in that you felt like you were in the movie. Um, they have a show when I was a really little and I even posted it on YouTube because I have the video of it. I was probably about five years old. In fact, videotape was brand new back then and I, we couldn't even watch the video for about five years after we had the video because we didn't even wow. own a VCR yet. Oh, wow. It was that long ago. But anyway, they, they had, um, they called it Airport 77. Oh my god, based on the movie? <laughs> based on the movie, the brand new blockbuster film, Airport 77. Wow. And it was basically a live show where that you sat in an auditor, an outdoor auditorium and on the stage they had a cutout of a of an airplane. You know, you looking at it from the side. Oh. So one side of the airplane is missing. And they picked people from the audience to go up and be on the airplane and they shook the airplane around and then they told you to scream and act like you were going under the water and dying and stuff. And then they filmed it. And then they let you buy the videotape at the end. And while they were filming it, they kind of taught the audience how to, how they make movies. Right, so it was right. kind of the same thing you were talking about, yeah. Sam, but a little more basic. But it's funny because I still have the video of that. Somebody, I finally got somebody to put it on digital for me, and I uploaded it onto the Internet. It's hysterical. You can see me all of, like, ten seconds. So you'll have to give us your YouTube channel so we can check yeah, that out. Yeah, I'll give that to you. You can put it in the show notes. Nice. But nice. it's really funny, and it's, like, totally poorly edited and really cheesy. And it lasts about two minutes. It's it's kind of similar, in a way, to both... Uh, kind of a mixture between what they have at Backlog Tour... Net, well, not now, but which we'll get to soon. But um, what they had at Backlog Tour, that, like, Pearl Harbor um, yes. experience... Uh, it was mixed, like that, yeah. Yeah, mixed with what we're going to talk about in a second, uh, Superstar Television. Yes, where, yes, Now, this is something Simone would love. Unfortunately, didn't go when she was a kid, but um, Superstar Television was 
freaking great, pretty much. I mean, it went, it, it was a TV aspect of things, and they would, they would call people, volunteer people, to come up and basically perform in, um, in a TV show. You'd be part of the Lucy show, or part of, uh, Gilligan's Island, or... Right, what they did is they replicated the actual sets that were from the old TV shows, and they dressed you up in a costume. They picked, you know, at the beginning of the show, when you were outside in the holding area, they'd say, okay, we need two men in their 50s, and we need a little boy, and we raise your hand if you're a little girl, and, you know, they would pick about two dozen people. You'd go backstage, and then it was rush, rush, rush. They had it all planned out. It was all like a set a set um, program that they did every time. But, like, they filmed you, and they would superimpose, like, they'd show half of Johnny Carson's desk, and you'd be sitting on the couch, and then there's no Johnny there. But when they filmed it, they superimposed Johnny Carson there. So when you looked on the on the TV monitors, it looked like you were sitting next to Johnny Carson. Oh, wow. Yeah, it, it, it was really cool, and and this is Simone loves volunteering. She every single time we go to, um, which is weird because she hates her face being seen anywhere. Like she she hates being on video. She just she wants to be behind the camera all the time. If I ever try to film her, she runs away. But she loves volunteering at attractions. Like at Indiana Jones, I've never watched the attraction with her. I've watched the attraction with my wife. I've watched the attraction by myself, but I've never watched it with her because she's always in the show. Because <laughs> it's fun, and I volunteered for the disaster thing too, which was really fun. Oh, did oh you? you got yeah, to be of in course that I one did. Too? Yeah, like they're like, oh hey, who has a very evil sounding laugh? And I'm like, <laughs> like you know, so you know, it wasn't that good. No, it would, it would probably be better if I was, you know, like. Well, I mean, most people there are like, huh? Uh, what? Oh yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, it was. It's so funny, like how like. I mean, at least, like, the Disney Disney cast members look more, like, excited and, like, you know, just people are more excited, I think, when they go to Walt Disney World. But, like, Universal is not the same caliber of people who <laughs> go there. It's because yeah. it's not very yeah. magical. So, yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, what? Like, their employees are just so miserable. It's so funny. And I didn't realize that the Harry Potter train... Like, you could see it from the back. Like, when you're in the back lot area, it's like, wow, I they must not be able to see anybody back here because this is not a view that they would want to see. Mm. Well, it turns out with the Harry Potter train, they have, uh, like, a digital screen. So when you're right. on the train, it looks like you're going through Hogwarts or whatever. I mean, I, didn't, I only saw one of the Harry Potter movies. So, you know, that... Nerd! No, I'm kidding. What? I only saw one, too. Yeah, I saw one half two. of one, and I fell asleep. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I've never to been go. into Harry Potter. Never yeah. got into it. I never got into it either. But my friends forced yeah. me to go. They're like, oh, the first movie just came out. We have to go. And I was like, oh. This is not the fucking Universal podcast. Oh. Come back to Disney World with me. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but I'm just saying like that the uh, the people who work at Universal are pretty miserable-looking people. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Fuck you all who work at Universal. Except... For, except for these, uh, when I went on the Men in Black ride, like, these people were singing, they were singing some Disney song. I don't remember what. What? And then I filled, I, I filled in the lyrics 
because they couldn't remember, and now I can't remember what it was. But they're like, oh, my God, you just made our day. They said that to me, and I don't remember what it was. Was it a park song or was it a, uh, a movie song? Um, I don't remember. It might have been. A, it might have been a park song or it might have been a movie song, but they weren't quite sure, and I filled it in for them. I think it might have been a movie song or might. I don't know. I can't remember. Whatever it is, they thought that I was cool. Well, our friend Lauren works at Universal Studios, and you just basically told her to go fuck herself, so I'm going to go... Oh, uh, no. (laughs) Well, she's also a Disney cast member, so she doesn't actually count. Okay. She doesn't work at Universal anymore, so... So she doesn't count. She's a true Disney girl at heart. Let's come back to the parks. Come back to the parks. Okay, come back to the parks. Harry, you told me that you got picked to be in Superstar Television. You were in the Gilligan's Island scene, right? Yeah, I believe I was in the Gilligan's Island scene. This is what my mom told me. I know for a fact I was picked, but I don't know for for what. But I think that I was in it. Yeah, that's what sucked about it. Because of all the different copyright, all the different um, IPs involved in that, they couldn't let you take a video of it home with you. So there was no way to, like, watch yourself. Like, everybody got to see you on Gilligan's Island except for you. You didn't get to see it, you know. (laughs) Um, I got picked to be on The Golden Girls, and... They played Maude? No. They They had, basically, they just had a doorway... And they put me in a trench coat with this other guy that I had never met before in my life and never saw again. Wait, wait, how old were you? I was probably about 15. Okay, so it's not as creepy, but it could have been a little creepier. (laughs) Yeah, but we were both wearing trench coats and, like, fedoras. And we went to the door, and they, like, played a scene from from the actual sitcom where they were talking to somebody on the other side of the door. And it was supposedly us that they were talking to. <laughs> it was pretty lame, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, with the Gilligan's Island, I think it was your face was just in the intro credits. It wasn't like oh, anything yeah, I spectacular. I it was that. like, the professor! And I was like, yeah. nice. I think that must have been what it was. I know, but with the Lucy, didn't wasn't it uh, the famous chocolate sketch that you got to go through? Yeah, they did. So that was, that was better. You gotta, you, you'd want to be on Lucy. Yeah, that was the fun one. And they had a Cheers scene. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, I think they had a scene from Cheers. They had they actually built the whole bar on the stage. It was oh, wow. pretty neat. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and and next door to Superstar Television was the uh, Monster Sound Show. Yes, that was um, awesome. Yeah, that show really got me into well, not I mean I was a kid, but it got me more like very interested in how film works. You know, it made me think about how movies weren't just movies. And that's kind of what all of um, MGM was doing. But this in particular, because I watched them physically make the sounds from the film as the film was playing behind it. And I was like, holy fuck, there's, a, there's actually people making these things. <laughs> it's right, not right. something that's just magically made. They played a movie with no sound, and it was like a five-minute movie about a haunted house, and it... I think it was with Chevy Chase and Martin Short. But anyway, you made all the sounds for the haunted house as they went through. They had coconut shells to make the sounds of, like, walking. And they had, like, a door that you would slam. And they had all these things laid out on a table in front of the screen. And you, you made all the sound effects live while while the movie was going on. And... um 
I always thought it should have been called the Jimmy McDonald Monster Sound Show. Do you know who Jimmy McDonald was? I do not. Jimmy McDonald is a Disney legend, and he is the person behind all the amazing sound effects that were created at the Walt Disney Studio for all their animated films. And his sound effects went on to be used in the live-action films later on. And to this day, you'll hear his sound effects everywhere in Disneyland, Disney World, and the theme parks and the movies. And even other production studios use his sound effects to this day. He's a legend. And he, he created all these sound effects using, you know, household objects and things you wouldn't even imagine, you know. And it was pretty neat to see, you know, how they made the sound of rain by turning a canister filled with nails, you know. Yeah. And just weird things that you wouldn't think of. But when you hear them, they sound like something else than what they really are. So, and he was also the voice of Mickey Mouse for a while when Walt oh, retired. Ah, that's why, the, okay, I knew that, uh, I'd heard that name before, that's right. I yeah. need to brush up on my Disney trivia, it's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah, so basically all those sound effects <laughs> they were showing you were were invented by Jimmy McDonald. Oh, okay. Uh, that's yeah. great, and it, it's it's really cool, I mean, just to learn, like, who would think that that would be something to, to, to throw in a Disney, in a Disney know, theme park? it was just it's, ingenious. Yeah, absolutely. Because it and was it, really entertaining. Absolutely. Especially because they had Martin Short and Chevy Chase. I mean, yeah. if, you know, if they get the, the good caliber actors. And I mean, I don't really think that many of the attractions had like hosts like that before in their free shows. Because No, that was a new thing. And there was a few yeah. of them like that at, at MGM. Really, they really had Bette Midler in a um, the lottery. Yeah. Lottery. It, yeah. I think you can find that on YouTube. Like, oh, yeah, you can have a copy. It's Maybe really funny. So they, they have it on on Martin's vids, and it's a way better copy. I'd probably oh, really? you find it on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Martin has, a, uh, I think, the source audio with the. Uh, oh wow! I, I think I'm not sure. I have to take a look myself. But all of his stuff is ph- phenomenal. So you know. Yeah, I'm, he recently, in fact, what we're talking about, he he recently put a three part um, episode up on his website of the Backlot Tour, the original version, you know, the middle version, and then the 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 final version, the abridged version from the later years. Well, you'll definitely be able to find the lottery then on that one, because that yeah. must be where it is, yeah. Yeah. So, that's, yeah, they have that with Bette Midler, and then, I mean, it, it's it's very interesting, because they do that all the time now, with the, I mean, obviously Martin Short has come back to do the O Canada, right. um, and he was in the Ellen's Energy Adventure. Ellen, exactly, they have um, in, what do you call it, in Epcot, they have, what's his name, Gary Sinise? I mean, yeah, the actors all over the place now, but I feel like this was one of the first ones, if not the first one, unless you include the Bette Midler or the lottery. I'm not sure when that, if it started, when I the back lottery started. I think they were at the exact same time. Same time. So it was all going on at the same time, and it was Great. kind of a new idea to get the, you know, big-name Hollywood celebs involved in the attractions. I guess you could really say the first time that was done was Captain EO. Oh, of course. With Michael and, Jackson. Of course. And, yeah. and it had celebrities all over the place. You had um, Angelica Houston. Houston. Exactly. The director and the, the producer. You had George Lucas and uh, Francis Ford Coppola. Oh, my God. Right. I mean, it's just, it was a plethora of amazing people working on a, some people say not so amazing <laughs> attraction. But I, I always loved well, Cat Well, for its time, and I saw it brand new in, yeah. in 86 at Disneyland. And for its time, it was phenomenal. 
Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I'd never seen anything like it. Um, Me neither. So. I mean, as, as a kid, I, I was a little scared of the Angelica Houston character. Oh, she yeah. reminds me of a spider, so I was very a little freaked out by her. She but it was, um, yeah, it was great back in the day. So, uh, but anyway, we're not talking about Epcot. Today. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, really, about the the backlot stage. Um, oh wait, I wanted to finish um, with the um, Monster Sound Show. They also had the post show. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah, it kind of remained when they changed it to the Drew horrible Drew Carey show, which we'll talk about when we get to, uh, the, I think, yeah. season three of my life thing. But um, the it was basically they had this, um, well, there's two things. You could go into a booth, basically, and it's all like sound effects, kind of like they do in Animal Kingdom, when you go in and you hear like the birds in the, the, in the rainforest and all the, all the, you know, the different animal sounds, and it, it's... Binaural, I think. Binaural audio, binaural, yeah. Binaural, yeah. Exactly. So, it's, it's kind of the same thing, but what I loved was the fact that you could put your voice yes. in... Yes. In, in um, um, Roger Cheshire Rabbit. Cat, and you could do the Cheshire Cat. And Cheshire Cat, yeah, and yeah. I think they had Snow White also. Yeah. Which was great, and I, I just always remember picking the Roger Rabbit one, because I always wanted to go, please, Eddie! <laughs> <laughs> You know, yeah. I got to watch other people do that, but I, the line, I mean, that was so popular. Yeah. And I never had enough time. My mother was always like, come on, let's go. She, <laughs> did, she didn't want to sit around and wait for me to do that. So oh. I never got to do it myself, but I watched other people do it. <laughs> Simone, did, did, did we do this? Uh, and now, it was there with the Drew Carey, so... Were you yeah, ever... we did the uh, what was it? It was I remember there was the Jungle Book one. I think that you did the Roger Rabbit one too. Uh, see, I'm always stuck with that Roger Rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. So that was cool. And and I don't know. I, th- I think you must have you must have done the Snow White or the Alice one. Yeah. I, I I know you definitely did it. I wouldn't. You wouldn't have left without it. Yeah, I know. I feel like I only remember the uh, the Jungle uh, Book thing. I don't know why. I don't remember there being a jungle. Wasn't book. there the one that was like, yeah, man, or whatever? Yeah. No, you're thinking, okay. I know, you're, you're thinking of what's in um, the animation studios. Now. Oh, never mind. At the end. They have a very similar thing to that. Oh, okay. Uh, there. But, but you, anyway. But so, you definitely did the uh, Roger Rabbit one. I, don't, I honestly don't remember which one I did. It's so yeah. long ago now. So the first time I went to the studio, the area behind those two theaters which is now where the commissary is and right. the sci-fi dining, that was closed off. There was nothing back there except, you know, that was, like, for the production of films. I mean, they were literally making movies back there. Yeah. And that whole... They had that whole Colgan show there. <laughs> the what? Thunder in Paradise or something. The, like that. the whole New York area and all that area back there was off-limits to walk-in guests. The only way you could see that stuff... Backlot tour. With the backlot tour. You couldn't walk. And once you got onto New York Street, you were stuck there until you took the second half of the tour, which was the walking tour. Uh, There was no way to get from New York Street to the front of the park. You had had no choice but to do the walking tour. (laughs) (laughs) There's going to be some walking. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't ever remember it feeling long. Now, I've been on the, the long backlot tour. I, I, again, I was y- a lot younger, but, like, I, I don't remember it ever feeling like it was too long. For no, me. it didn't feel too long because they really kept you entertained and they kept you moving. 
yeah. from one thing to another. So there was just so much to see and so much to do, and they had lots of volunteers from the audience. And the walking tour was fun because they had the bumblebee that you could get on, and they redid, they reenacted the scene yep. from the Honey, Honey I Shrunk the Kids. kids. And then the reason they showed the lottery was because they would show you how they would show you the final product, and then which was the the it was a short about three minutes long with Bette Midler where she wins a lottery ticket and then it flies out the window and she she goes all over the city trying to find her ticket she almost gets hit by a subway she gets stuck on a shopping cart and rolls into people and all this stuff. And then after they show you the movie, they show you how they made the movie. And they showed you all the special effects they used. They showed you the filming locations. And then they even let you walk through all the actual sets that they constructed for the for the production. Right, right. So that was there was a point to it. It wasn't just a random thing it seems like everything at mgm now is random <laughs> yeah but back then everything had a point it had a mission it had a purpose they were trying to teach you you know how movies were made right well this is coming right off of her um big business too so oh yeah she was big then this is yeah nine she was huge this was when i was obsessed with bed midler i wanted to be bed midler i was like when i grow up i want to be bed midler oh did you become Bette Midler? No, I didn't become Bette Midler. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I settled with just meeting Bette Midler in real life. That'd have be you awesome. met Bette Midler? I have. Yeah. I have you will. One day. Hopefully. I just looked it up. Did you know that the lottery is directed by Gary Marshall? Yes, I knew that too. Oh. I didn't know that. I, yeah. That's that's interesting. Yeah, big names. Big yeah. name people oh. involved. Well, Michael Eisner was, you know, this was his baby, MGM. And oh, yeah. he brought all these people with him from his days at... Uh, Warner Brothers, when he was the head of Warner Brothers production. Right. Um, so he already had all these contacts, and he kind of brought them along with him to Disney. Um, but yeah, the walking tour was fun, and the other neat thing about it is you got to walk on the catwalks above the um, the actual sound stages where they were filming real things that were on real television, not fake, pretend, <laughs> you know, things i mean they they filmed the mickey mouse club there mm-hmm. um and if you were lucky enough to you know be there when it was being filmed you could just stand there and watch from above as they were actually filming the show they they filmed game shows there and all sorts of fun things like that so it was really neat you know you, you think about what was filmed at mgm studios in terms of films not a lot but one of them was Ernest Saves Christmas, which was yeah. a phenomenal movie. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, surprisingly, you wouldn't think from the title, but it actually <laughs> is. If you sit and watch it, you're surprised how good it is. One of the, I mean, I'm not a, a big holiday person. Holiday movies are pretty similar to each other. I like the old school ones that they play yeah. all the time, but um, Ernest Saves Christmas, what a great Santa movie. I just got, I mean, not, I, I'm... Look, my family is Jewish. I never grew up with any of the, you know, any Santa or anything. I never grew up believing in any of that stuff. But yeah. what a great Santa movie. <laughs> you know, it's an earnest yeah. movie. They filmed a lot of stuff there in the early days. And the other thing I loved about MGM in the early days is how much Roger Rabbit was incorporated into yes. it. Absolutely. Um, in the in the backlog towards the end, when yes. you come out finally, they oh, they had a whole like store area there it's where like you an had pictures and stuff. Kind of yeah. set up with 
they had those boxes that you would lift the lids and they would like one box said a box of applause and you'd lift the lid and you'd hear applause applause yeah <laughs> and crashes and bangs and you'd lift the lid and go <laughs> you know it's true and they had you know cardboard cutouts you could take pictures with like Jessica Rabbit and stuff yep. like that and they had um, the dipmobile the actual one used in the movie you could take a picture with the dipmobile yeah didn't they bring that to the actual backlot after they got rid of that area? They did. So you can see it. So they did. Yeah, but originally, originally it was something you could go up to and touch it and yeah. take a picture with it. See, and that's really cool. And this is why the original MGM Studios, to me, was my favorite. I mean, yeah, it was my favorite park at the time. I wasn't old enough to... Re- I loved Epcot, but I wasn't old enough to really appreciate what it was bringing. Yeah. Um, which is now... Uh, Epcot's my favorite park in all of, you know, all of Disney you know, world, and right. uh, I've only been to Disneyland once, and it was a long time ago, but I would include that in it just because I haven't been there in forever. Um, I love Epcot, but MGM at the time, was it was where it was at. Yeah, and it, it, it was, even though there wasn't a lot of attractions, it just seemed like there was so much to do, because every, everything there was just really involved. And it wasn't, you know, like the tram was long and the walking tour was long. So they kept you entertained for a full day. And there's lots of live shows. And they had a Dick Tracy show in the early days. Oh, yeah, the uh, Diamond Double Cross. Diamond Double Cross, which was actually, I don't know if you ever saw it. I saw it at Disneyland Mm because they also had it the same exact show at Disneyland. It was Amazing! You would be so surprised how good the show was. Really, they have it on YouTube. I got I got to check it out because I haven't seen it since I was a kid. Yeah, I mean, I was impressed by it. I mean, I thought it was Broadway caliber. Wow! Wow! I really was impressed by the dancing. I mean, it was just fast paced dancing, moving sets, beautiful costumes, great music. It was just a great show. It was just really well done. Nice. Um, before that, they had a show there called Show Biz Is. I mean, everything was related to one theme. It was a cohesive theme through the whole park, and it just really felt special. You know, you were there enjoying one idea, and Epcot was like that in the beginning, too. Yeah. And it just kind of loses it after a while. <laughs> it's true. It's like their idea of, well... If the attendance isn't really up, so let's just fuck everything up rather than, right. you know, updating things. Well, let's just, just close everything, leave buildings empty. Yeah. <laughs> let's put Frozen into things. Well, we'll oh, get to that, too. Oh. <laughs> Don't get me started on that. <laughs> oh, tune in next week for a great recap on the Frozen extravaganza. Um <laughs> oh, and one other thing. In the early days, the the people on the great movie ride that did the narrative were actually excited to do it. Oh, I know. <laughs> they were excited up until, i got to say, like 2002, maybe? Yeah. Because even when I worked there in 2001, it, it was great. Everyone wanted to be on the great movie ride. It's not just the cast members who worked there, because even then they were allowed to go off book. But it was the gangster and the cowboy. They were always... Actual professional actors who were working, same as um, people who are actually in the stage shows, not just random cast members that they just promoted to be in that position. And, I I mean, now you get people who are just fucking, 
They don't give a shit. They can't act. Their accent is terrible. I uh, hate the fucking gangster. Uh, oh, with their fucking, I guess, New Jersey accent. I mean, uh, New York accent when they say, um, no, where, where are we, Joyzy? And Joy-Z. it's just... Joyzy. J-O-I-S-E-Y. Oh, my God. Hey, it's just, have you seen a movie? It, it's funny because they have, like, a, mid, a Midwest accent, and then, like, <laughs> yeah. certain words, they're told how to pronounce them with a New Jersey accent, so they sound like a gangster. So it's like, they sound like, you know, June Cleaver, and then one word sounds like Buster Keaton or whatever. Yeah. A gangster. Was... <laughs> <laughs> That's like uh, Christian Bale in Newsies. <laughs> exactly. He's like an Australian, Australian accent. With... <laughs> it's like no one in Brooklyn actually says Bookwin. Bookwin. No, they don't. Book, what, <laughs> who says Bookwin? Just just watch that movie and watch him dancing. Watch how uncomfortable he is. I can't watch him in anything anymore ever since that, that um, when they taped him getting mad at somebody. Oh, oh good for you! Yes. Good for you. We are done professionally. No, no, no. Oh God. I just I can't take it. him seriously at anything. All I can think of is that every well, time I see him. Well, he played Batman, and he—you know—that's a silly movie. Oh, I am Batman. I have to talk uh, like this. I don't know why, but I do. Oh God. Doesn't make any sense why he has to make that voice. Yeah, his 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 voices are just too. Uh, <laughs> Ridiculous. I remember the first time I went to the. I guess I'm changing the subject. I forgot to raise my hand. I'm sorry. <laughs> I I remember when I went to the um, MGM the first time on display in the. Um, you know how they have the little waiting area as you're walking through the Chinese theater before you get to the room with the that shows the coming attractions. There's like those display cases. Yeah. One of the things in the display case when I went there was the actual ruby slippers from The Wizard of Oz. They, they, they still have that, don't they? I don't think they still have that there. I think because when I went back later, in later years, when I worked there in 96, it wasn't there anymore. They had replaced it with something else. Wow, I could have sworn I saw it there at least when I worked there, but maybe I'm just, again, same maybe as you said, ro- remembering a better time. Maybe they rotated it in and rotated it out periodically, so maybe. it's possible. Because I remember they were talking about how, because they have the ruby slippers in the Smithsonian, yeah. but they claim that the ones that are in Disney were the real ones. So I, I was like, well, were there more than one in the movie? Are they lying? Is it tr-? You know what I mean? I always had that question, but I don't know. Yeah. But that is, that is an interesting thing, because I feel like I remember seeing it in 2001. So they might rotate it, or it might be gone, and I'm just thinking of better times. So. <laughs> yeah, we pretty uh, much covered the early years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is, it's the early years still kind of continue on this next one. Yeah. Uh, I call this area Extreme Thrills and Parade Stage. Mm, that's AKA, one there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A.K.A. Boys Rule and Girls Drool. Mm. From 1993 to 1999, I feel like they just decided, let's just do things for boys. And that's it. Because mm. you had the Tower of Terror and Rock and Roller Coaster both came out in this time period. Mm-hmm. But you also had the Hercules Parade, the mm-hmm. Toy Story Parade, right. the Mulan Parade. The Mulan Parade, even though Mulan's a princess, it's about fighting. It's about, you know. It's yeah. It's kind of a masculine yeah. bent um, parade. Not really that feminine, if you exactly. think about it. Yeah. 
And then you have the Ninja Turtles uh, walk around characters, which eventually was the, <laughs> became the Power Rangers walk around characters, and the Ace Ventura show. These are all things that were uh, focusing on boys. The so Hunchback like, show was kind of boy centric too. Yeah, was that was that then or was that? That um, was then. Yeah, because okay, Hunchback came out oh, in '96. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. So the Hunchback show too, and the Hunchback show was great because it had yeah, the. Yeah, it had all those, the, like, the juggling, and the, it, was, it was very much based on this, like, circus feel. Um, yeah, yeah. Really cool. Um, kind but, of a Renaissance fair feel, too. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Very, very much so, and, um, and I enjoyed it. Um, I, I actually like these years a lot. Again, I'm a boy, so I would, <laughs> you know... It, it, I liked them, too. I mean, because the early years, they didn't have that many attractions, and by this time, they still had the original park intact. They hadn't really removed anything, but they were just adding things, so it kind of hit its peak during this period. Agreed, agreed, absolutely. They would change parades, like, once right. a year. <laughs> yeah. Was, back is there then, a parade? Oh, you're back. Oh, yeah, hi. Is there a parade uh, now? There is no parade now, no. Oh, okay. Well, we'll get to that, too, when we get to the end, because that's part of it. <laughs> yeah. They would change the parades, like, every year. I mean, even beforehand, they had the Dinosaurs Parade, and I believe that was, like, 92, so we're just missing the mark here. That also being, I think, towards guys. Maybe not, but dinosaurs are usually a boy thing. The show itself was more of a political um, show, which was very interesting, but this isn't about dinosaurs. This is about Disney World. But, um, yeah, I just feel like this was a very boy-centric age, and uh, with the rides that came out especially, I mean, nothing... Nothing bad happened in these days. They didn't really take away anything of much no. importance. Now, the Backlot Tour, was it split? Yeah, it probably was split by this time, right? It was split. It was still the same length, but it was divided into... Well, first of all, they opened it up so that you could walk to the New York area. You didn't right. have to take the tram there. Well, and, New York Street. New York, New York Street. Street. And um, But the thing is... You rode the tram, you got off the tram, your ride was over. You had the option to do the walking tour or not. Or you could just do the walking tour without doing the tram. They were no longer, like, connected. It was optional what you wanted to do. They were still there in full, but you didn't, you know, you they weren't, like, all part of one tour in two sections anymore. Let's talk about some of these things. I mean, Tower of Terror is still there. On their app, on the Walt Disney Experience app, Tower of Terror is now the uh, icon for the park. Yeah, it kind of has become. It used to be the Earful Tower. Yeah, and it still was at this point, too. Yeah. Um, but I get this, this. I mean, I'm not opposed to the Tower of Terror becoming the icon of the park. Yeah. Only because of the fact that it's a great ride. It, it, you know, and they've only made it better over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really is, it's like, at this point, at least what the park is right now, it really is the only thing that people want to see besides Rock and Roller rock Coaster. Rock and Roller Coaster, maybe yeah. Star Tours. Right, exactly. Um, but the thing is, the woman that trained me on um, Star Tours had opened the attraction in ni- uh, 92. Um, and then when Tower of Terror opened, they moved her over there, and she was one of the opening people over at Tower of Terror. But for training purposes, they often would bring her back to Star Tours to train the new people. So she gave us a little field trip and brought us over to Tower of Terror, and she brought us backstage 
and she let us um, go up to the very top of the tower. I'm talking higher up than the elevators go. There's a lookout tower at the very tippy top of the structure. In fact, you have to take, like, it looks like a fire escape ladder to climb up to this tower at the very top. And we got to go up there, our little group of, I think there was like five of us. And you could see the entire Walt Disney World. You could see the castle. You could see Spaceship Earth. You could see everything from up there. It was crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's the highest point, or at least. Yeah, right. Animal Kingdom was under construction at the time, so we could see them building Animal Kingdom. So, I mean, in terms of attractions... even though I'm, oh, look, I love thrill rides. I, I'm always like, not against the ideas of thrill rides in the parks, but I don't think it's absolutely necessary. I think that Disney's been able to tell great stories without having to build thrill rides. Um, but in terms of rides, very, very well themed. It always has been. Oh yeah. Um, uh, for especially for a, t- um, I was gonna say a Tower of Terror, especially for a Twilight Zone fan. Um, I mean, there's probably reference to almost every episode if you really pay attention. Yeah, that that room that you go in with the TV that. When you're like at the beginning, when they have the TV flash on and they have Rod Serling, they, yeah. that room, the shelves all around the room are just loaded with all these props that were from the TV show. So cool. And they're the real deal, too. They're the actual props. They're not, you know, replications. They're the real thing, which is really impressive. Wow, and it's 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 things because nobody can really pay attention to it. They don't let you sit in the room for long enough. No, you're to, in there to be able to enjoy it. Yeah. No, and it's dark, so yeah. you wouldn't even know because your focus is on the TV. So um, I don't know. I mean, I would actually like to be able to go into that room and just kind of hang out, but you know, that's not the and that's not really an option over there unless you work there. Which I guess I wish I would have asked to do it before or after the park. I'm sure I would have gotten permission to. I just yeah. never thought of it. That's, you never that's think really of cool. it when you're there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the talking about details, one of the um, tables in the lobby, that amazing lobby when you first walk in, and it looks like um, just all of a sudden everyone in the lobby disappeared 50 years ago. Penn is, like, writing something, and it stopped all of a sudden. And, I mean, it's really cool in there. But one thing, the lady that that was giving us, like, a tour that worked there. She said one of the um, tables in there is a Louis the Fourteenth. It's a, it's a real, it's the real thing. And they wanted to have an exact duplicate of it for the other side, so it was symmetrical. Right. So they, they actually hand-carved an exact copy of it in its mirror, in its mirror image. So they could have two of them on either side. But one of them is an actual Louis the 14th table. Wow. So yeah. that, I mean, that's cool. So it's like, you have to spot which one's the fake one and which one's the real one. And also, I mean, this is a theme park, you know? Right. I mean, Disney does it right. When they do it right, they do it yeah. right, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Now, let's look at some of the things that aren't there anymore, like these parades. Like, how many of these do you remember seeing? Well, you worked here during this, that period of time. I worked uh, there when they remember? were. I worked there. I think um, they were doing the Toy Story parade because Toy Story had just come out. Right, right. So that and, was what was going on when I worked there. Right now, at that point, I haven't. I never saw the Toy Story parade. I missed those couple of years because I was in that teenage era where I was, you know, I was kind of. Yeah. 
not I, I was into Disney, but I didn't want to go to the parks. And my mom was not taking me when I'm 16 years old, so you know, it just I couldn't go by myself. So it was one right. of those weird times. So I never got to so, see the uh, Toy Story parade. How was it? What was it? Was know? really cute. Yeah, I I remember the specifically the toy so, the the plastic soldiers with the oh yeah the with, green army men yeah, yeah the green army men because that was the first time I'd ever seen them and it was pretty much the first time anybody had ever seen them as walk around characters and the you know with the big plastic bases for their feet you know yeah. look like how they really look in real life I mean they just got a lot of laughs and they marched like they did like. Since it was a parade, they kind of did, I don't care what you don't say. You know, they did that whole <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> thing. It was just really funny. And the floats were colorful, and they had Mr. Potato Head. Um, I think they had a Mr. Potato Head float, and, like, his eyes would come off, and his nose would come off, and things like that. And then they had the big slinky dog walking. He was a walker. You know, they had. they probably had a person in the back, half of them and then a person in the front half of them and then they had <laughs> slinky between the two of them yeah, like the old horse costume <laughs> yeah only yeah just like that only there was a slinky, slinky yeah. <laughs> long slinky between the two ends so it was kind of cute that's cool yeah um it was well done yeah and I, I i never saw the hercules parade either i, I did see the mulan parade i saw both of those parades but i saw them at disneyland they had the same exact parades at disneyland Really? So they were were they there first or were they in uh, at the MGM same time? Oh, okay, simultaneously, cool. they built two versions. Wow! So that's interesting. So the Disneyland parades came to the studios rather than going to Magic Kingdom, which yeah, um, the Magic Kingdom was too busy doing Remember the Magic. <laughs> well, yeah, and the thing is, um, which interesting too is they had an Aladdin parade at the studio too, which was right. also at Disneyland. But Which they, they lied in, in the Full House episode and made it seem like it was in Magic Kingdom. Oh, really? I yes. <laughs> but the the one parade they did not do at Disneyland was the Toy Story Parade. They didn't do that one in California, but they oh. did the others in California. They do, do you know if they did the dinosaur one as well? Or? No, no, no. They didn't do that one either. Interesting. And they, they had one later on called Stars in Cars. Oh yeah, the stars and motor cars. Yeah, yeah. That I was there for that one. That was in, uh, <laughs> that. That was the weird. Mulan parade had closed already, and that was the next one in two thousand one. That's the next yeah. period of time. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, Simone, do you? I mean, I know you haven't seen. Again, have you seen any videos of any of these? I saw which one? I saw that that one. I guess the stars and motor cars parade is the one I saw, and then I saw the the. Uh, Star Wars one when we went to Star oh, Wars so weekend. Star Wars weekend, yeah. yeah, yeah. Now I didn't I didn't write this in my notes, but do you know uh, when Star Wars weekend started? But I don't. Yeah, know I'd it's... say the early two thousand. When did you work there? What year? Two thousand one, and it was definitely there. It I wasn't worked. there when I worked there in ninety six. So it has okay, to be so somewhere, somewhere between those two. Looking it up right now, the festival began in ninety seven. Oh, oh wow! Right so that was just the year after I left. That's, yeah. Okay. So that's part of this, and that makes sense too. All it's a boys thing. Another yeah. boys thing came out in the nineties, yeah. and, and and it's weird because the I think the nineties in general was boy centric, not just in Disney but everywhere. Think about the commercials; everything was extreme to the max. Yeah. And yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog, and and you know all these different characters and the, the cool characters. They made fun of it on that Simpsons episode with Poochie. How they, they they had he had that attitude. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. 
it was it was the extreme that, games. Right, exactly. They had what was that? Remember that Crossfire um, game? Fire. Yeah, it was like this epic thing where everything's blowing up. It was a board game, mind you. <laughs> everything was blowing up. There was fire. There's people on ledges, and it's just going. Don't get caught in the crossfire. <laughs> oh my god! Whoa. Calm down. It's a board game. Oh my god. But that's how it was, and I don't feel like girls react to that. You know what I mean? That's like thing that guys are like, "Fuck yeah, crossfire!" Yeah, yes. you know. Get <laughs> them all like pumped up for this extreme board game. Like, uh, like, do you hear that? Like nowadays, like, does anybody talk about extreme anything? Uh, clear, very nineties, very yeah. early nineties, like early to mid. Yeah, like it was. It's that a was weird thing. And that's where this exact same thing is. So I guess everything really was like, let's just focus on boys. And, you know, and that's kind of why I guess now they're just 100% focusing on girls. Yeah, for it's everything. a definite 180 now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the Ace Ventura show. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen it on YouTube. I saw it in real life, but I don't, I didn't remember. I never, I would not want to see it. <laughs> you <laughs> gotta see it. I would have, I would have, I would avoid it if I was there. <laughs> It was interesting. The guy who played Ace if was, it was actually... If it was really Jim Carrey, I would want to see it, but not somebody <laughs> pretending to be no. Jim Carrey. That's lame. It was weird, and the guy who was playing Ace was actually in... Um, he, he's one of the street mystery. I don't know if he's still there now, but he played... played, played. He played... Yeah, he played um, Francis Flute. I don't know if you know that Which street one was he? What did he look he, like? I don't. Oh, I can't. I have to look it up and show you because I can't really describe it. He was kind of nerdy. I remember one with big, thick bottle glasses and like plaid pants, like pulled up to like under his breasts, like <laughs> really high, high waisted, and like they were like flood, like you could see his socks. Really, <laughs> really nerdy looking, kind of funny, and he was like yeah. a tourist or something from like. Like he was a stargazer. Like this, they interviewed him on um, WWE Today a long time ago. Do they like, still? Do they still have the um, Street Mystery? We didn't mention them yet. The Street Mystery oh. characters. Yeah, I don't. Did they, were they there from day one? They were there in the beginning. I know that because I saw yeah. them there the day I went in. Oh, great! In ninety, in eighty nine. And they're definitely still here. They have a continuous story. It's weird because even though a lot of the things are similar, they do. It's like a soap opera where the sto- their really? lives kind of continue on. If you if you go back and watch it every like so often, it's like a continuation. It's not like stuck in time. So it's it's very interesting how things kind of evolve because um, people get older, people leave, new people come in, right. and the characters have to so- somewhat change. But everything kind of revolves around each other and. Um, you know, I, again, I wish that this it could be televised. I wish, or or not, maybe not televised, but filmed, and so you would maybe make a comic it. book about it, so you can Even, follow exactly. the, the chronicles of whatever's going on with them. Seriously, I love the street atmosphere. It's it's one of my favorite things to do at MGM Studios. Yeah, it is fun, yeah. and um, the other neat thing is when you go to the um, prime time cafe, mm-hmm. the the wait staff there is all in character. And the the waitresses pretend to be your mother, yeah. and they tell you to take your elbows off the table and mind your manners, or there'll be no dessert. And it's kind of cute. It is, and that's if you get the the right cast member. Yeah. yeah. Well, back then, I mean, you always yeah. did, but always, nowadays, yep. 
Yeah. Yeah, we, we always get the cousin nowadays, and I, I'm like, I don't want the cousin. I want the mom, because the oh. mom is great. The mom, she yells at you the entire time from moment one. And, you know, of course, I always <laughs> cause trouble. Like, I always I always throw fries at my wife, or, or like, <laughs> if it's me and Simone, we're always, like, like torturing each other, like, just to get yelled at. Yeah. But it's been a while since we've, been a while since we've had, like, a... <laughs> Sorry, we have to do that. Uh, since we've had like a good cast member at fifties, we went this past trip too, and yeah, it was fine, but it wasn't you know it wasn't go- great. Yeah, that's you another know. thing that's been there since the very beginning. Has it now? In eighty nine, clearly commissary wasn't there because it was no. closed off for filming as we spoke. Now in the nineties, I think the commissary was open again, yes. right? Or yes, when because... I worked there in ninety six, it had been there for I mean a while by that. Yeah, and the prime uh, the. Sci-fi. Sci-fi diner, which I love. I hate the food. I hear all these people that do other podcasts say, oh, the food sucks there. But it does. <laughs> yeah, I don't even remember the food. All I remember is the atmosphere is just awesome. The atmosphere is awesome, but the reason you don't remember the food is because it sucks. <laughs> yeah. You're right, yeah. We, we had reservations this last trip. We didn't end up going because uh, only because we wanted to get the dining package for Fantasmic, again, which we'll get into soon. Um, because now the dining package for Fantastic puts you right in the center. And we had, sci-fi is not one of the options, so we had to pick um, something else. And that was the yeah. only reason we didn't go. But I, I do like the atmosphere there. It's like, the problem is, if you're going there to get a meal, you're wasting your money. So you go in and get a shake. Yeah. You're fine. Go in, get a shake, have a sit, have a sit in Yeah, go in and have, like, dessert. Have, yeah, absolutely. Dinner somewhere else and have dessert there. Exactly. And now since, you know, the park closes fairly early, you can eat like one of those, you know, like a mid-lunch or a late lunch, early dinner. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, it, you can yeah. do both. I mean, the prices are really high for what it is because right. it's hamburgers and fries and they're way overpriced. And they try to make them seem like they're gourmet burgers, but they really aren't. There's yeah. really nothing that fantastic about them. They try to make them seem by giving them cutesy names and whatever, but they're really nothing special. But one thing I have to say, one critique I do have, is they need to rotate the film. I love the, the film they have, and they should always keep it and use it again, but they need to change it out every once in a while to have a rotation of different films that they show yeah. because it's been the same one since the beginning and it's only like 45 minutes long and it just repeats over and over again and they've never changed it and there's no reason why they couldn't uh, agreed and you know it, they could easily i mean isn't the film from what i remember isn't it made up of just trailers yeah it's all you know b-film trailers and right. you know like refreshment ads you know things you would see between the main feature. They show like little snippets of um, cartoons and things. All like, but the the they all try to like have like some sort of a sci science fiction theme to everything. Right, but there's so many sci-fi B movies. I know. In the day. Hundreds you know, of they could they could do a lot of. They could even find the worst ones. But maybe it's a problem of getting. Uh, the rights to it, maybe, yeah, maybe they just can't, because back when MGM started, it wasn't as hard as it is now, now everyone's looking to make a couple bucks. I think part of the problem is that because of how accessible everything is to everybody online and through the computer, that when a legitimate company tries to 
get the licensing rights to something, they have to charge them so much more to make up for all the people that are getting it for free on the Internet. <laughs> exactly. So I don't know. I mean, I, I would be happy if they could do another, you know, a rotating or even if they could actually put up some full films. I mean, yeah, I don't show, know how that would work. Show but. 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Disney owns the rights to that, you know. Yeah. Show a science fiction movie that Disney made. Now, Disney doesn't have a lot of sci-fi, do they? I mean, they have some, but not... They have a few. Mostly, you know, swords and, you know, from the olden days, at least. That's there's like there's a handful that I could think of. Um, there's yeah. a couple from the late 70s, like the Black Hole. <laughs> the Black Hole. That's, you know, the biggest <laughs> Disney flop ever. Throw it in the sci-fi. <laughs> well, it's not bad. I mean, if you look no, at it through nostalgia goggles, it's it, good. Well, you know, people at the time, heard it was going to be amazing. It's this great but, sci-fi movie. The and problem it was, was, like was, it, was they were, it was an imitation of Star Wars that everyone could see right through it. Disney yeah. was trying to cash in on Star Wars, and that's basically right. what it was. was. But another one they could show would be The Cat from Outer Space. Oh, I've never seen that one. That's from the late 70s with Sandy Duncan and I think Dean Jones. Mm-hmm. One of those, you know, madcap Disney silly movies. And then there's um, the um, the unidentifying, unidentified flying oddball, which was okay. basically a modern retelling of... Um, a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's court, mm-hmm. but it was about a spaceman that land that that went into space, and then when he landed back on Earth, it was the medieval times, and he was in um, he was in King Arthur's court. Oh yeah, that, that they did that with a kid. Um, they did that later. They remade it later yeah. with a, with a kid, but they it did was, it originally in the seventies. They had a version. Wow. Okay. So yeah, they, they, Disney loves to remake their own movies, don't they? <laughs> yeah, there's also the Witch Mountain, Return to Witch Mountain. Is that a sci-fi movie, or is it like a sorcery movie? No, it's a sci-fi movie. It's about two kids from outer space who have magic oh, powers. I didn't realize that. For, I've never seen it. I always thought it was a witch, like a sorcery movie, but I guess not. Okay, so that's kind of cool. So, yeah, they I just that. named a whole bunch of things they could show there without paying any licensing. They Get on it, Disney! <laughs> <laughs> Simone, are you still there? Yes, I'm here. Okay. She's enthralled in our conversation. She really is. Sci-Fi Dine, you you ate there um, fairly recently when you went without me. Um, That was five years ago. (laughs) That's fairly recently, five years ago. Was the food any better? Five years ago? I mean, it was horrible, but the atmosphere was awesome. Yeah. Is the movie the same? Uh, It was... Well, I think she's only been there once. I've never been there with her. Yeah, I've only been there once. We're supposed to go this year, but oh well. Like yeah. it's fine. We, we I have it. I have the um, audio from the from the full um, movie that they show. Yeah, wow. I mean, they, they I know they didn't they have a preview for the Blob there. That's all I remember. They well, might have. Yeah, yeah the I think blob. like they I think they had like the ten foot tall or the the. 70 foot tall woman or something. They had that, yeah. I think they had yeah. that when I went to go see yeah. it. Yeah. I'm going to, um, at the end of this episode, because I don't know how to put MP3s into the Skype conversation, but at the end of the episode, the song, I'm going to tell, this is the first time I'm going to tell them ahead of time. I'm going to put the Blob theme song. Oh, because that's the, funny. I, I like that song. It's so odd how this song is like the theme song for this movie. I, you, I just have to hear it. You have to hear yeah. it. Yeah. Anybody out there who doesn't know it, You'll 
laugh your ass off. So yeah. that's our ending song today. <laughs> yeah, it's a funny song. I think it might be in it. I think they might play the song but not show the movie. Like, oh, really? They show other scenes from other movies while they're playing that song. There's a few Love songs. That. They throw in a few rock and roll songs randomly. And yeah. Just, it's kind of a hodgepodge of all different things. But it's entertaining. It's funny. It's campy, you know. Well, the last thing I want to talk about about this age is the Ninja Turtles. Now, I, <laughs> see, that's what you say, but it was right in my age range. But the thing <laughs> is, the thing is, I have no issue with the Ninja Turtles for what they are, but what the hell are they doing in a Disney park, first it of all? It was weird. They're not Disney. And nope. second of all, what are they doing at the Disney MGM studio? They don't have anything to do with that theme either. They made a movie. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I mean, everything is a movie. I mean, you could have somebody walking around in their nightgown and say, oh, that was in a movie. I mean, anything can be in a movie. <laughs> I guess it's the same thing with Ace Ventura. What the fuck is Ace doing there? Exactly. Um, I think, was the Ninja Turtles mo- uh, touch? If the Ninja Turtles were Touchstone, then then it has relation. It definitely has Touchstone? relation. I don't think I'm, they were. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find out right now. Know. Ninja Turtles production company. And no, it's New Line Cinema, so never mind. Uh, what the hell yeah. does that have to do with Disney? It has nothing to do with it. So, I mean, is New Line Cinema thing. affiliated with Disney in not some way? No, mm. it's not. It's weird. Yeah, that's weird. It is weird. And I guess it's just the beginning of them getting outside licenses for random characters that or, or sh- rides. Uh, <clears throat> American Idol, excuse me, I don't know oh, if that was in my God. So, you know, they've, they've done it afterwards, too. But yeah. I was a huge fan of the Ninja Turtles at this time. I, it, it was no kid, my, like, like in, in our age range at that moment, could possibly not like the Ninja Turtles. You know, I, I had figures, I, I had tapes. <laughs> I just missed the boat because I was just getting out of that age when the Ninja Turtles came out. I, right, right. I'm, a, I'm about six years older than you. So, yeah. you know, when they came out, I was in my early teens and I was no longer interested in that stuff. I was more about He-Man and that was a little bit earlier. I was really into He-Man when that came out. Yeah, I liked He-Man too, but yeah, I I was, I was too old for the Power Rangers when the Power Rangers came out. And I just, that and Pokemon, I missed the boat the same way that you missed Ninja Turtles, just by a smidge. And that became huge. And I was like, who the fuck wants to see the Power Rangers? And then they took the Ninja Turtles place in in, uh, MGM. Yeah. Yeah. So. And they stayed for a while. They were there. I didn't even, the Power Rangers? I didn't, I didn't realize. I guess I heard that kind of like, in the background somewhere, but never really thought about it, but wow. Yeah, go, go, Power Rangers! <laughs> yeah, they, they were uh, on the streets of New York. Yeah, that's um, where the turtles were too, right? Exactly. Yeah. Except the turtles had the turtle van, which was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely, it's funny, because wasn't a member of, like, NSYNC or the Backstreet Boys, Michelangelo? It was, um, uh, it was Backstreet Boys, I think it was, I think it was Brian Luttrell, I think. That's kind of interesting information because, you know, I mean, all these people, you, you hear about celebrities, you know, had been um, cast members at some point. But to be in a Ninja Turtle suit and then you're in the Backstreet Boys, like the most famous band in the late 90s, um, kind of cool. That's <laughs> yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. He might have given me an autograph. Uh. So anyway. <laughs> but let's, um, I think that we can move on. Is there anything else you want to say about this era? Well, we forgot to mention a couple things that I was 
just popped into my head. Actually, yeah. three things. Okay. One would be the Muppet Vision 3D. Right. Which, which opened awesome. during this time. Yeah. And not boy-centric either, because the Muppets are for everybody. Yeah. But <laughs> another thing that's not boy-centric that opened up during this time was the Voyage of the Little Mermaid. Definitely girl-centric. Yeah. Which was, um, at the time, I mean, awesome. I saw it later, and it was kind of had shown its age, mm-hmm. but it because it has never changed. It's exactly the same. I, even now. Even now. And the whole theater smells like mildew now. Yeah. Because the water is in there. But when it first opened, it was pretty impressive. Absolutely. Um, but one thing we forgot to mention from the first era was the art of animation. I always thought that the art of animation was part of that long backlot tour. No. That originally. was a separate tour. Okay. Yeah. And you went in and you actually saw real Disney animators doing real Disney animation. You saw the real thing in production. You saw the drawing, the painting, everything. And you went through and your host was Robin Williams and Walter Cronkite. Mm-hmm. And they Robin had, Neverland. yeah, I mean, uh, but, but even before you got to the final show, they had television monitors up above the... The, you know, you walked through the center, and on either side there were glass windows where the where the animators were at work. And then above, they had TV monitors saying, okay, now you're at this station, and this is what they do. This is the ink and paint department. This is where they draw over the, the cells, and they, they trace the animators' drawings. So Robin Williams and Walter Cronkite kind of told you, gave you, like, a brief synopsis of what you were watching going on in front of you. Um, And uh, then when you got to the end of the walking tour, um, you went into a big theater, and they showed a fantastic animated and live-action film called Return to Neverland, which you just mentioned. Yeah. With Robin Williams and Walter Cronkite, and they make Robin Williams into one of the Lost Boys they turn him into a cartoon character. God, I, I miss Robin Williams so much. Ah, uh, me too, man. I mean, be, like, I mean, I even like Popeye, the one every, well, everybody <laughs> hates. Everybody hates that movie, but I, I, I don't hate it. I don't, I like it at all, but I don't hate it. It's like in my, I'll watch it. No, the thing, <laughs> the music is, isn't great. <laughs> well, the music may not be great, but his performance was pretty awesome. Oh, I yeah. mean, he captured that character perfectly. He was Popeye. Um, but anyway, enough about Robin Williams. We're bringing the party down. Yeah, let's bring it back up again. <laughs> I, I, I saw them animating Mulan as well as, uh, later on Lilo and Stitch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember when they were doing Lilo and Stitch, this had just come off after I'd seen Atlantis, um, which I saw when I worked down there. And I, I remember watching them, feel, I'm like, ugh, another non-musical? Really? This is going to be terrible. And Lilo and Stitch was fucking awesome, so I was wrong. But you know, it was it was kind of yeah, cool but watching them. I tell movie. you, wouldn't in that wouldn't that movie even be all that much more awesome if it had been a musical? Of course. So would any Disney movie. I don't understand why they go through these, you know, decade long dramas. I mean, you heard our episode on uh, the yeah. ten years of pain. Yeah. You know, I mean, ten, ten years with no fucking musical. I think that if if it's Disney and if it's animated, it's a law. It has to be a musical. <laughs> it's not allowed to not be a musical if it's Seriously. animated and made by Disney. Yep. <laughs> There's no reason not to put music unless it's bad music. Then I would say, okay, let's. Yeah. Do that. 
Because there was a couple of movies out there where you're just like, all right, so I, I hated Tarzan. I cannot stand Phil Collins. I'm not a big Phil Collins. I agree with, with you about Tarzan. Not my favorite. But, um, all right, so, so yeah, Animation Tour, always amazing. Well, it was always amazing. And um, it was like that for a while. I, for yeah. a really long while, actually. They, they well, I mean, like, back. in later years, they kind of faked it. They had them, like, they showed people that were actually not making art that was going to be used in the real films. They were just making animated cells that they were going to sell as artwork in the parks. Oh, that's uh, so cool, though. Like, I mean, it's, it's still, still making cool. art. It's still, like, you know, actual artists. But yeah. to see, like, to what, like, stand there and watch an artist, like, drawing something that you were going to see in an actual Disney film, I mean, yeah. that was pretty awesome. Maybe while you're looking at it, you don't think it's awesome, but when you walk away, you go, huh, that was pretty awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And this is where we're going to pause, and we'll continue this on the next episode. We're going to have Chris on again um, to finish the the walk-around history of MGM Studios, as well as our opinions and how things will hopefully change in our very different opinions, maybe it may be very same opinions. We won't tell you that because we'll find that next fucking week. Um, well, not next week because next week is frozen, but the week after that. Um, this time we're going to move into some Disboard stuff because Chris, I found out, loves making fun of people. <laughs> not really. I mean, if it merits it. <laughs> he preys on the weak and defenseless. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I I'm get made fun asshole. of a lot, so I'm empathetic to people. By who? Fun of. Oh, I mean, just in general, in life, not anybody specific. Oh, I was going to get my fucking degenerates on these people. No, nobody me. online or anything like that, just like, you know, my family and whatever. <laughs> well, in a loving way, you know. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm sorry, but I was expecting, like, I was bullied in high school, which... Oh, well, I kind of was, but, I mean, I'm over that. That was two decades ago, so, I mean... (laughs) You're just like, no, my family. (laughs) They hate me. They're assholes to me. They want to beat me up. Uh, um, The the first... (laughs) Let's just... Hold on. Let me settle for a second. Okay. All right. So, we're going to start with something that is titled Age Verification. Hmm. And, um... I hate the fucking way these disboards are put out now. They have these alert buttons. Um, okay, so I'm going to read this. It's by Mr. Bungle. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Bungle, okay. Yeah, not Mr. Bunghole, but Mr. Bungle. I think <laughs> <it's a> bang, <laughs> <too>. <laughs> Bungle. <laughs> Which are, I'm already excited about this post. So he says, um, I'll be going to Disneyland next month. Oh, I, look, I got Chris on here. We're talking about Disneyland. This is great. Um, with my girlfriend and her kids, 10 and 7. Um, how does Disney handle the age verification thing? Because, ideally, I'd like to get them both in on child ticket prices. Let's face it, it's expensive. I am an annual pass holder, and I've never seen the process for this. Thanks in advance. Wait, how, okay. how old did he say they were? Ten and seven. I think it would be nine for a child, right? Yeah, I think it's nine and under. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, if I was going to personally answer, I'm not, by the way, I'm not mad about his post. We'll get no, that's a legitimate yeah. question. I it mean, sure if his kid is. is only 10, I mean, he can, he can probably pass for nine without any problem. Absolutely. And there is no age verification. They no. just go in. It's they the, you just go kids by don't what have you ideas. say. Yeah. Right. This is the first comment after 
this person posts. It's by Mommy to Princess Abby, which mm-hmm. eh, I don't know. I don't like the name, but whatever. You can love your kid. That's fine. Um, so she writes, they take your word for it. But then you will have to ask the 10-year-old to lie because they will probably be asked more than once how old they are. You good with that? I'm now, the okay way... with that. <laughs> <laughs> it saves me money. I'm okay. Yeah. Yes, I am. The way it's a good is... lesson in life for the kids. It sure is. If you, say, you can lie and save money, you'll be fine. Just don't lie to your parents. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, I, the way this question or this comment is posed makes me want to strangle this fucking bitch. Because... Yeah. You, you, you good with that? Yeah. Uh, shut the fuck up! It's you very condescending. Extremely, yeah. extremely condescending. Um, it's not the first one that goes in this direction. Uh, a few posts later, let me go down to it. Oh, yeah. Um, the price difference isn't really that big of a difference to make your child lie. I know I have four, and I made my child, child lie once when I was in Vegas. Um, all right. <laughs> okay, all right. Why are you bringing your child to Vegas? <laughs> Number one question. question. <laughs> <laughs> we went to a buffet, and the kids' prices were half the adult. I felt horrible the whole time we were there, uh, and I also felt like I just taught my kid to lie. Not a great parenting moment. I ended up talking to her about how bad I felt, and we now pay the listed price for each age. Aww. <laughs> this is the lesson from this fucking person who got, by the way, one, two, three, four likes. Like, it's not a lot, but still, four likes because everyone's like, I agree with this melodramatic shit. First of all, this is what I have to say to Disney. <laughs> yes, go ahead. Nine years old is a cutoff is ridiculous. Agreed. Okay? Twelve is the normal. They have to squeeze every last nickel and dime out of people, and it's absolutely insane. Uh-huh. In fact, they used to have what they call a junior ticket. So if you were between 12 and 16, you also got a reduced rate. Not as oh. much as if you were under 12, but you, you know. And the amount of money that they charge for those parks is outrageous, and they need to raise up that ticket price to 12, not uh, to the cutoff age to 12. Right. And I don't blame anybody if they want to lie and say their kid is nine when they're actually ten. I find the fault in Disney for charging outrageous amounts of money and for cutting it off at an age that nobody else in the world cuts it off at. I've never seen nine and under except for Disney. You can explain to your child that Disney is a terrible company (laughs) and they charge outrageous prices and it should be twelve. I mean, you can just be honest with your kid and say, this is why we're lying about your age, because Disney deserves it, because they did something bad. Right. You know, so as long as your kid understands that, there's nothing wrong with it. And you're right. not teaching your kid anything wrong. You're teaching your kid about um, evil companies that take advantage of the consumer, which is a good lesson. And you're teaching your kids something positive, positive values. So when they grow up and they're a CEO of a large company, they don't turn around and do the same thing. So that's what I say to those goody two shoe mo- yeah. mommy Disney mommy sixty nine. <laughs> hey, wait a second, that's actually kind of hot. Hold on, <laughs> just milfs just eating each other's pussies out. Just be like, oh, you know how much it was for a child's ticket when I was um, 
10 years old for Disney, $12.99. Woo! Let's do that now. Let's do that now. Just be like, let's go in, $12.99. Actually, no, it was $9.99. It was $9.99, low price. $12.99 for an adult and $9.99. And this was when they first introduced the unlimited passport. I'm not talking about when you had to pay for each ticket for the rides. That was for all the rides. And this was like around 1982. It's interesting because we were actually looking recently. Um, I don't remember if it was Dev Wills or it was one of those sites. Um, somebody posted up uh, the ticket prices throughout the years and how much they've changed. And it didn't really change that much after they started doing the, you know, not the non-e-tickets where, no. you know, the, the unlimited passes. It was very low. And I, then one year, I don't remember what year it was. It just jumped. The year I kept over. doing it. Yeah, well, is it really? Yeah, you it can start it then. You can trace it right to that point when the prices wow. started going up. Is when Eisner was took over. I got I gotta pull up that that thing again sometime. You are a true punk at heart, Mister Disney, Chris. Well, maybe <laughs> I, I am in in my attitude, but right. I'm not a big listener of punk music. But. No, I know that's what I meant at heart, at heart, not but not at ear. Um, but uh, Simone, what's your thoughts on this? stupid threat, or the answers of, um, on the stupid thread, rather? Uh, I mean, honestly, I have a little sister who's, well, she's, she just turned 25, but she'll always be a baby to me. Like, when <laughs> she, we went to a buffet, at, funny enough, we went to a buffet oh, at okay. Atlantic City, so you're like, why the it's hell are you? almost Vegas. <laughs> it's almost Vegas. It's like Vegas Junior. Um, and she was like four or five, but she was really tiny. So like I like to save my family money because we didn't really have a lot of money. So like going to Atlantic City even was like a big deal. It's like, oh, you know, it's money. So then I actually lied and said, yeah, she's under, she's under four, she's under three or something like, or under two. She was like four. I think she, she had to be like, you had to be like two and under and she was like four, but she was so tiny. You couldn't even see her like from like, you know, where the, uh, the hostess was anyway. So it was fine. So Did I mean, eat anything there? Uh, maybe I don't know. The thing is, like, when you're that small, like, you're probably not gonna eat anything. So, like, what are you gonna have? Like a like a chicken finger or something like that? So why would you even bother paying? And especially like when you're that little, you might not like even enjoy um, Walt Disney World as much as later on in life anyway. So right. like, I you feel like nap, when you're you'll nap through half of it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm fine with the whole, you know, like, saving some money, especially with the prices that they charge. Yeah, it's outrageous. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Just continuing on this thread, I, I, clearly Simone is in agreement with all of us, but just, I'm not going to go into it because it goes, it, this whole entire thing changes topic when somebody is talking about their picky eating kid, and then somebody says that they don't understand picky eating kids because their kids eat anything. Um, and then the mother says, you can feel free to come tell that to my picky eater. I'll promise not to laugh too hard. I do love when people spout off ignorant, ridiculous things like that, though. And then, Mr. oh, it was Mr. Bungle. And then Mr. Bungle goes, and how exactly is that ignorant? You messed up by allowing them to be picky. <laughs> oh, my God. With these stupid disboards. Oh, my God. Why oh. do people get into these stupid fights over nothing? <laughs> I mean, any idiot knows that not every person is the same. I there know. are picky eater kids, and there are non-picky eater kids. End of story. 
And then everyone. Why is this a fight? (laughs) (laughs) We just wanted information on if we could like pass for nine. What's the age verification? And now you're talking about now you're fighting about your kids. I mean, ridiculous. Yes, and I'm closing that to be like a happy Disney place, and it's like people calling each other names, and it's just ridiculous. It it really is. I mean, it's not the worst board either. There are oh, worse, but to me, yeah. this is just this this is the most updated board in my opinion. So right. I like going here because it changes every fucking day. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so crazy. Um, I'm gonna move on now. This next one is is a little different than normal. Normally, I read the the, the original thread and then it becomes a comment. This one is not even about the original thread. The original thread is about the fast pass line being managed differently. Um, but what happens, and this is a good debate, because it, it's, it's weird what happens. And let me tell you, somebody posts up um, a picture um, from, from this other guy's site. You ever hear of EasyWDW.com? No, I haven't heard of that one. Basically, it's kind of like a touring plan site, but it's free. Um, and it's, it's all right. It's, it's okay. I think it's extremely hard to navigate. It's just the way, it's, it's like a blog, so when you're looking for information, it's, it's not as easy as when you're looking through a real website where you can click on things. Um, you have to actually go find the information, and it's hard to link it. So, because of that, I'm not a huge fan of it, but he does have some good information. So, somebody posted up a picture from his site. Um, what was I oh, yeah, so somebody posted, um, this guy's name is Josh, the guy who runs that site, um, a picture of his to back up their point. Mm-hmm. And he got mad, and I'm going to find this out. It's weird. He just came onto the site, and you'll see here it just says, oh, he asked me to take it down. That's what you see. So I'm looking for his name, and again, I will edit so this So wait, out. he took a picture for his website, and then somebody else posted the picture that he originally took. The, yeah, right. You know, on the Discord, you can you find a link, yeah. uh, and you throw if it If you don't in. want someone to show your picture, don't post it online. Exactly. And this is on, like, a website that... <laughs> I mean, get over it. <laughs> exactly. It, it's on a website that's supposed to be for people to find. Yeah. So, I don't yeah. understand this. Well, here's his post. His name is not Frosty Josh, if anybody wants to know. Uh, but he does hate the Disboards, too, so I have to at least give him credit for that. Yeah. But he writes, can we not steal my photos, please? Mm-hmm. That's his comment. And, and what happens is he asks to delete it. The guy deletes it. And there was another link that somebody had posted to it as well. The guy gave him credit for it, too. They said this is on Josh's, EasyWW.com, uh, blah, 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 blah. So he's flipping out and telling him to take down the picture. He gave him credit for the picture when he yep. first posted it. Correct. And he still got mad. He sure did. Oh. <laughs> he got mad. He got, there are he got so really many mad. more things in life to worry about. <laughs> It's, I mean, it's true. It's like it's not. You're not really stealing anything. No, <laughs> especially if he said where it originally came from. Exactly. And he posted it on the same website that it was originally posted on as well. Is that exactly. is that what happened? Am I um, following you there, right? Yeah. Well, he somebody later on says that he saved the picture um, to his photo bucket. And then linked his own photo bucket as the as the source. But he wrote, "This is from Josh's EasyWDW.com. So he, he gave him credit. But from what other people are saying, 
and when I say other people are saying, I'm talking about this whole thread turned into this. Um, what other people are saying is that he put it on his own photo bucket when he saved it, so the link, if you clicked on it, it went to this photo bucket rather than this guy's site. He linked the site to the, to the thing anyway. Right. So it shouldn't be an issue. But the picture was originally on his site anyway. Right. So he's just reposting a picture that that guy already has on his site somewhere Correct. else. Anyone else could find it. Why is he <laughs> mad about that? I don't understand. Um, Do you and know then, how many pictures I have in my computer <laughs> that are not mine? And I have so many of them, I don't even know where I got them from. I've been collecting Disney pictures for like 10 years. Right. I don't know who they who took them or where they came <laughs> from. And I don't care. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> if you they're, put they're, them online, they're for everybody. Unless it's you true. say otherwise. Right. And the only thing is, I, I think if he didn't credit him, that would be, you know, because if you went and you took a picture specifically to, to prove some sort of, someone else is posting it and saying it's theirs, kind of like if I had, a, if I made a YouTube video, you know, and I wasn't in it, but I was just, I was just, you know, filmed something awesome and I put it on my YouTube channel mm-hmm. uh, and somebody else took it and put their name on it, you know, uh, as, as a watermark. Yeah, that's I'd different. I yeah. mean, that's different. That's taking credit for somebody else's work. Correct, but and also a video is a lot more work than a one single photograph. I mean, true. And the other thing is, was there anybody in the picture that? I mean, if it wasn't, if there were no people in the picture, there wasn't any people in the picture, and that's what brings me to the next thing, though, actually, because a guy named Ostentatious on the board writes. I've always liked his site and referred many people to it, but one day I realized my son is in a picture he took and posted on that website. I wonder if I can ask him to delete it. Then he writes an edit underneath, edit, just check this site, and there are actually two pictures of our entire family posted. I understand that by entering the park we give Disney explicit permission to take and use our photos, but I'm fairly certain those rights are not extended to non-affiliated commercial third parties. I've emailed him asking him to remove them from his website. Um, Later on in the post, he does remove them from his website and then blocks their IP address from the website so they what? can never visit the site again. Wow. <laughs> the person posted up proof. It's okay. forbidden from this address. So wait a minute. Oh, wow. The person that got mad mm-hmm. that somebody posted his picture mm-hmm. then went and somebody got mad that they posted their picture <laughs> with them in it, their right. faces in it. Correct. Twice. And then he blocked them. That's correct. So this is all one of the He's an asshole. And a Josh from Easy W. Look, everybody go to touring plans and fuck this guy. How about that? Oh, I don't like that at all. I don't, I'm not. I'm not impressed by that attitude. I no, not my at all. attitude is that we're all a community of Disney fans and friends, and we all share a common love for the same thing. So. It it should just be something we all share and don't take credit for. And I mean, what? Why do you need to take credit for a freaking photograph of Seriously. of something? I mean, it's something in the park, right? That the photo. Yeah, it was. It was. Did like he about build? The wait time or something. Did he build the buildings that are in the photo? I mean, why did he, he did. Why does he <laughs> lay claim because he took a machine that was made by somebody besides him and. <laughs> pointed it at a structure that was not built by him on a planet that was not produced by him. <laughs> I mean, why does why just because it's a photograph doesn't mean he owns it. 
No. <laughs> I mean, if no. there were people in it, I could maybe see his point. And if it was something that involved production, like if it was something where he had people posing in front of something, where, you know, he spent time and money producing the photograph, that's something else. But he just was in the park and took a picture. So <laughs> calm down. Great. It's true. Simone, you want to comment? <laughs> I mean, with pictures, like, you see how many people's pictures get, like, like uh, shared on BuzzFeed? Like, for all those people, like, if you put it out into the interwebs or whatever they're called, like, you, you're you making it public for everybody. Yeah. Exactly. Like, the, the only time I really had a problem with this was, remember the girl who went to that costume party dressed as uh, a victim of the Boston bombing from the marathon? Oh, yeah. And they posted, they, they found a long time ago, she, I guess, she, on her iCloud, they found, like, a naked, like, video of her, like, showering, I think. And they, they put it up online for everyone to see, even though it had been taken down years ago, but they went into archives, and they were being, they, they, they sent their parents death threats and shit like that. Uh. Like, just because they were offended by her costume. It may not be in poor taste, but fuck you for being offended well, I mean, and hurting that's, her. That's apples and oranges comparison. I mean, that is something that she she tried to remove from the internet and didn't yeah. want to be in public view. I mean, he put that picture there so people would see, to it. see it especially because and he, he wanted on a website right yeah. yeah it's not like he was just posting it on facebook for his friends that again i could see i could understand if you sound somehow or if you were a friend of his and posted it to the world well, that's so I unique that. about this picture I it mean, was like a wait time or something oh it wasn't my a big god deal. That's so stupid. <laughs> there's a picture of a sign I would think it was, a, I don't know, because I can't see it because it was taken down. Yeah, well, because all yeah, the drama so, over this stupid uh, picture. It, but in one of the comments, I think that the link was still there, because the comment still keeps the links there. Uh, yeah. But um, I, I don't know. I'd have to come back and look. But that, it, it just drives me fucking insane. And I think they're both assholes on this one, just because, like, they're both just bickering. And, like, it's just like, ignore him. If he just have not taken it down and ignored him, what would have happened? yeah. Well, with the disboards, they would have fucking given you a major infraction. No, I don't. See, I don't understand what. I don't get it. No. Why do they like? If it's a form, I. Uh, <laughs> I just get so frustrated that it's like they're. It's like Nazi. It's like fascism. They, they monitor like what you can say and what you can't say, uh. and it's it's awful. I mean, why? Why do they do that? It should just be whatever you want to say. You can say it. It's a, it's a, it should be a free world. It's a free country where we have the right to free speech in this country. It's true. I, Except I, on the Diz forums, I guess. <laughs> yeah. the, the only thing I can understand is... You, you know, talking about fucking and coming and shit. If kids are free, I don't think kids go on message. Yeah, but they, they, don't, do. they don't just delete that. They delete stuff that... I mean, it's one thing to delete profanity if because maybe there are kids going there. And I can get behind that if it's right. not a place for... If it's a family-friendly site. But right. to but delete opinions and ideas and just general things because they don't like what you said... Exactly. I mean, that's awful. That should not be allowed. I have gone on Mice Chat. Yeah. Um, but I don't really frequent there. I mean, I think I have 
been on there in a, a year. Once in a while, I look I look at their articles, but I don't really even go to their forums. I just I don't have any interest. Um, so let's move on to the next one. Now, let me ask you about about soda. Mm. What do you call soda? Anything with carbonation and flavoring in it. It's you, but you call it soda, right? You don't call yeah. it anything else. Okay. Well, so sometimes I call it a Coke or a Pepsi, but generally I call it a soda, yes. Right. Let me just read this, and I'm only going to read this topic and the actual post, and that's it, because the comments don't matter. So this is by somebody named Low Key. Not <laughs> Loki, but Low Key. Um, and they write, What's your favorite pop? Oh. Our soda, for those that don't speak proper English. What? Yeah. Isn't, like, now, the only place they call it pop, like, Philadelphia? And, and I think it's the Midwest that call, they call it pop. That's about it. Midwest, right? I think Canada calls I think it's Canada they call it pop. I mean, I have called it pop. I mean, I know what that means, but... Right. I but, don't... That's definitely not what I first would say if I was describing it. No, and when you break down this post, first of all, she says, what's your favorite pop? Pop is capitalized... What's has no apostrophe in it. So, first of all, that annoyed me. Well, second of all, pop is part of the soda. It's soda pop. Soda pop. So, it is proper to say soda, and it's not proper to say pop because pop is part of soda. (laughs) Right. Um, And then it says, instead of or soda, which is what they meant to say, you know, what's your favorite pop or soda for those who don't speak proper English? They wrote our soda. Like, (laughs) it's like they can't even grammatically put any of them like, they're uh, trying to correct your English, but their English is bad. Yep. Exactly. And there, I, I looked it up just to make sure I wasn't wrong. Now, according to writer Andrew Schloss, soda derives from sodium, a common mineral in natural springs, yeah. and was first used to describe carbonation in 1802. Right. Pop was first used later on as an onomatopoeic, and if those of you don't know what onomatopoeia is, it's yeah. like... It's the, the, it's sound the sound that it makes. Yeah. Right, pop. That's why they, 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 call, they started calling it pop later on. Yeah. So It's almost a slang term for it. It's not right. a real word. It's Exactly. Technically, yeah. soda, it was soda first, derived from the word sodium, which we all know. Right. So don't fucking say fucking, oh, for soda, don't speak proper English. Why don't you fucking speak proper English? Because fucking soda is what it's fucking called. Yeah. Jesus fucking Christ. No, I'm serious, though, because freaking you tell me I don't speak fucking English. Why would you I, even start a thread yeah. with, with something, a nasty comment like that? Yeah, and, and I Why, know I said I was, are you trying to start a fight before you even get to your point? It's funny because <laughs> none of the comments actually even address it. Yeah. They just answered the question. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess they didn't fucking fall into that shit. Yeah, but because I mean, they're not stupid and they know that if they say something, he's going to get all, you know, bitch. bully with them. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It fucking, ugh, just, it's so, I mean, and yeah, maybe I am, quote unquote, falling into that trap. But you know what? You don't need to fucking, why go on the disboards and do that? Like, what? possesses you to go on the disboards and just ask write that your post. stupid question. If he was trying to be cute, don't be cute. Because right. it can be mistranslated. Exactly. And it could offend people. If right. that was if his point was he wasn't trying to be rude or or preachy or whatever, but he was just trying to be funny, it didn't come off that way. 
No, he's an asshole. And <laughs> the second point is, what does that have to do with your question? Just ask your yeah. stupid question. And also, what does the question have to do with fucking Disney? Yeah. And what was the... I don't even know what the question was. What was he asking? <laughs> What's your favorite pop is the question. That's what all does that to have know. to do with Disney? Nothing. Everybody's but answers are... Why is that in the Disney forums? I don't know. I have Mountain Dew all the way. And then the next... Coke Zero or nothing. And then this person says, my favorite is soda water. Um, And then I'm like... So, you mean, I guess he means club pop soda. Water, I guess. But, but soda water is what soda is. That's what it oh, is. Yeah. Yeah. Pop water. Get it pop right. Water. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, God. It's club pop, not club soda. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, Jesus fucking yeah. Christ. Uh, and then there is, I don't understand the concept behind people calling soda Coke. That does, I mean, I know you say you do, but I don't get well, it. I, I don't for a fucking Coke get if it. I want that type of soda. Right, but what in the South? I want like in orange Texas. soda. I don't ask for Coke. Okay, good. Because in the South they do. In South, in the South, you go. Well, they're like, "What would you like to drink?" You say a Coke. They go, "What kind?" Like, oh, uh, yeah. oh diet, that's, diet. That's no. yeah, that's dumb. Yeah. Well, I live in New England, and what drives me crazy is when you order coffee and you ask for regular coffee. What that means in New England is you want it with cream and sugar. And, that's what it means here, too. Oh, yeah, it is. it means in New York, too. Yeah, Everywhere else in the entire planet, when you order regular coffee, it means you want it black. Really? I didn't uh, know that. Yes, because you just want it regular. <laughs> you want it, by like, regular by itself. That's funny. And I the guess funny thing in is, New York and New England, regular means cream and sugar, which I always found to be bizarre. What, what, other things that are weird, in New York, when you ask for, like, like a burger at Burger King, it comes with, like, ketchup, it comes with, like, onions and whatever. Right. Any other fucking state, they put mustard on it, too. Like, I, in Jersey, they put mustard on my fucking burger in Burger King. And California, they put mustard on my burger. Why don't, burger why don't they do it in New York? I don't know. I didn't go out of state that often when I was a kid, and if I did, my mom probably didn't take me to Burger King. But when I went to visit my dad, my dad used to live in California, and... I, I went and I, I walked over to Burger King and I ordered a burger. I come up, I'm fucking mustard on my burger. I Weird. Think they put mustard on it here too, and yeah, okay. everywhere except for yeah. here. I put ketchup yeah. on burgers in New York. Yeah, ketchup. Yeah. And then you know whatever. Anyway, that's a, that was a sidetrack, but still. Anyway, this fucking post makes no sense either. I have one last one. Okay. Let's see what is going on here. I don't even know why I saved this one for last, but this is called steaming vegetables. <laughs> what? Okay. Oh, Again. What does that have to do with Disney? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Is this a oh. cooking site? What is, oh. is this like a food site? Soda and vegetables? And... As a, as a, and you've heard in the past ones, we talked about people who wanted to have dinner parties, and they weren't sure what was appropriate, and then you had the person who fucking, who fucking like well, brought write, food, and the guy got mad. Miss, and right, Miss Manners, not the Diz board. You're going to the wrong place. I mean, you saw how rude that last guy was with his comments about soda pop. I know, so he does not does not belong on, well, he does belong on the Disney boards because they're all like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's, let's do the next one, steaming vegetables. So this person writes, after steaming vegetables, can I bake also to melt some cheese on them and make them a little crispy? What? Say that again, because I, even though it has nothing to do with Disney, I don't understand what he said. It, it's written poorly. Right, let, me, let me read it again. Say that again. I totally okay. tuned out. I'm going to read it again, but I'm going to read it as if I'm strong, bad, and I'm reading an email. Hold on. So, 
steaming vegetables. After steaming vegetables, can I bake also to melt some cheese on them and make them a little crispy? If you want, I mean, why are you asking? Are you asking if you can or if you're, or if it's possible? I mean, do you want to know if you're allowed to, if you have our permission? Or do you want to know if it's physically possible? (laughs) Oh man, I wish I was the first person to comment. I would have just written, if you want, yeah, sure, why not? I would have said, um, I would have written, what the hell does this have to do with Disney? And then you would have had a major infraction. Yeah, and, I would have said, go steam your vegetables in a different forum. Oh, my Holy God. Go to MarthaStewart.com and leave us alone. It's funny because I think Simone actually had a good answer for this one. Oh, okay. Well, like, I mean, if okay, first off, if you're steaming your vegetables, obviously you probably want them to be healthy. Why would you put cheese on your steamed vegetables? It doesn't even make any sense. Like, you could, whenever people steam stuff, usually it's because they want something healthy. Like, if, if you, like, put cheese all over it, it doesn't even make any sense. Right. It's like, should I fry my boneless, skinless chicken? Like, <laughs> no. Let's deep fry this. And also, how would it possibly make it crispy when... You're steaming your vegetables. Doesn't make any sense. Like, so well, you put you steam them to make them soft. So why would you do? <laughs> why would you steam them and then want them to be crispy? And oh if you put God. it in the oven, they're going to get even wetter. Yeah, they're going to be soggy. Oh. <laughs> they're going to be oatmeal texture. You, they really are. Yeah. And, and then the comments are just like, "Sounds good. You may want to test it out and maybe undercook the vegetables a little when you steam them, since they will continue to cook when melting the cheese." Like, this is what I have to deal with. Oh, this God. is the shit I have to look at when I'm do- just just to have fucking material for this fucking podcast. I mean, is it like, God. has to do with Disney because Mickey eats cheese? I'm trying to find out why this is on the Disney board. Uh, it, because it's the community board portion of it, and they're allowed to apparently just fucking talk about whatever they want. They can just go crazy. Oh, God. I, I guess if that's what you want to spend your time doing... Seriously. The next person writes, the vegetables won't get crisp if you put them in the oven after steaming. There's too much moisture. <laughs> Which, I agree. Yes. With LJ Squishy. And I agree with Simone. It's like, what's the point of, like, cooking <laughs> them in a healthy way yes. and then, like, smother it? Why don't you just put mayonnaise on them? Seriously. And smother them in butter and lard and then <laughs> stick them in the- <laughs> Wait, you forgot one thing. You gotta deep fry them for tempura purposes. Yep. And then put cheese on top of them. (laughs) So, I I should, I mean, yeah, this is just, again, another pointless and incorrect (laughs) Disboard post. So, yeah. Oh, the Disboards. (laughs) Fucking Disboards. And you know what? I'm sure there'll be 20 more like this tomorrow. And we're gonna get some more and and bring some more to you for our, second half of this when we do record it. Um, Mr. Chris, you have been fucking amazing. A very well-placed asset on this show. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad Um, I could contribute to the Disboard discussion. (laughs) We need to get you, like, a name on the Disboards and we can infiltrate them and just try to... Oh, I don't have enough time to deal with those people. (laughs) I, you know... I, I got lost once back in, I think, 2004. 
four or five, I think four, um, with this guy who was opposed to gay days because what if his kid sees it? What will he say? And I was like, you'll just say, look, the two people kissing. Two men in red shirts, Daddy. (laughs) It's gone. It's a small world now. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) And he flipped the fuck out, and I went off on him. And this time they didn't have infractions, so I could say whatever I wanted. And I went off on him, and and then all these people jumped on me. All these fucking hateful people. And I left the discourse for years after that because I was like, no, That's no way. I don't want to deal with it. You know, what I do and what I recommend to anybody is Twitter because, first of all, you're limited to how many characters. 140. Yeah, so you can't, like, you can't say a bunch of nonsense. You have to get to the point. <laughs> and second of all, I have only had positive experiences on Twitter and people go on Twitter that are doing other things, you know, they, you know, they, they're checking their messages, they're at work or whatever. They're people with lives is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. And yeah, and I've, I've, I have like, I, I follow like over a thousand people. I think I have nearly 2000 followers and I don't think I have ever had one negative experience on Twitter ever. I've never had anybody say anything stupid to me. I've never had anybody insult me. I've only had, like, really positive, smart people who know about Disney and know what they're talking about. So if you want to be a part of the Disney community and don't want to get involved with these Mednicks, I definitely recommend Twitter is the place to go. Seriously. (laughs) Simone, get a fucking Twitter account. You and your fucking hate for social media. (laughs) Fine. (laughs) <laughs> I'll try. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I've said negative things to people on Twitter. <laughs> but oh, well. but only only people who deserved it. Only people who just pissed me off. Um, and usually, like, like this, I, we didn't talk about it. I guess we can get into it another time. But the whole Comic-Con debacle, we, we ended up not getting tickets to Comic-Con for the first year in, like, a long time. And it's quite upsetting. Because we were supposed to cover yeah. all the Disney shit and the Marvel shit, and now look at us. And they didn't accept us for press passes, but that's a whole other story. Yeah, well, now Sprint's full attack. The first time that you really could have benefited from going, because you didn't have a podcast last year. No, I didn't. Wait, we did, actually. We just started it. Has it been oh. that long? Yeah, we, it was October, because it's in October. Oh, was it? oh it's so, in October. Okay. Yeah, because we talked about Tomorrowland. Remember, we went to the Tomorrowland oh, that's panel. Right, yeah. We played some audio from that. Um, so yeah, we, we did go last year, but we didn't know when we bought the tickets that we were going to be doing the podcast. We'd only been in talks at that time. Except you for, what is their criteria for press passes? You must have to have like a certain amount of listeners. How the fuck would they, or maybe it was because we were negative. I don't know. I don't know if they listen to the show or what it is, but. They can't go by that. I don't know. They have to, if it's offered to one group, they, it's like if, if they were, having like they couldn't say that Fox News can't come because they 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 don't have the same political views as them. Right, but they I have guess to what let it is, everybody if they're giving out press passes they have to give them out to all the press not just the press they like. Yeah, but the the, the Javits Center is, you know, however big it is and I guess if if anybody could say, "Yeah, I'm part of the press." You know, because a lot of people, yeah. anybody can get a podcast nowadays, you know. Yeah. Um, nobody would be paying for tickets, and then they wouldn't be able to have their... Yeah, maybe you have to have some sort of a... Criteria. Cri- yeah, maybe there's credentials that you can apply for or something. 
Yeah, which we'll try. I mean, hopefully next year we'll or not only will we be have been doing the show for longer and have more listeners, but yeah. we'll think about it as time goes by because we're actually. I mean, unless we get last minute tickets somehow, it looks like we may not be going this year. But oh anyway, I badmouthed the fuck out of them on Twitter recently. Yeah. So, uh, but that that's for another day. Yeah, but that's a different thing. You were mad because of your situation that happened to you. You weren't like. I'm not, I'm not hate-fucking people. You're though. not, like, make, you know, saying mean things to individuals. You were just pissed off about your situation. That's different. That's yeah. not the same thing. Yeah. You're well, a nice guy, Jerry, even though you pretend not to be. Now you're going to make me cut that out. You don't want to that shit. Come on, man. I'm an ass. <laughs> I'm just fucking kidding. Uh, Simone, any last words before we uh, promote Chris and get the fuck out? Uh, Nope. Screw Comic Con. Screw Comic Con. <laughs> what about Apple. what about uh what about uh old MGM? Do you wish that you were going back then, based on what we talked about? I wish that my family had money to go. We just couldn't afford to go, and my dad had always wanted to go, but then like he passed away, and you know we never went. So if you so. had a way back machine, would that be one of the places you would visit? Oh, definitely, definitely. Like, because I didn't actually get to see, like, MGM in its heyday. Like, yeah. I mean, I saw it, like, during, I guess, like, the hat years is yeah. what I saw it, which was <laughs> which not very good. Yeah, which we'll be up to soon. But the, um, we will really, you started coming in the beginning of the end, which is a preview of that. You, you really, because you started in, in 2006. Six. Six. Yeah, so oh. you missed the hat years. I mean, you were still there when the hat was up. Oh, uh, okay. So I didn't, yeah. wasn't even here for the hat years. Yeah, so I was there <laughs> near the end. So I was here you, during the crap. As they were destroying everything, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is something that you would have loved because you went to film school. You, you know, I mean, this is the place. This is where, this is, this is what got me, not, I mean, look, Clerks and Pulp Fiction are what got me into film. But this is what really kind of started the whole thing. It was like, yeah. hey, you can do this and make a movie. It's sparked um, a match. Yeah, and everybody has their own moment. This was mine. You probably would have had the same fucking moment. But yeah. you never will. I never <laughs> will. Well, she still <laughs> had her match start. I, I mean, she's into it anyway. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why everybody's making movies over here. No. Yeah. Um, so everybody stay tuned next week for our Frozen Extravaganza. That's right. Yay. It's up already. Next week, Chris is in it. Oh, I play a small role, but... Yeah, yeah. we have... Well, well, most of our volunteers play small roles because me and Simone and uh, my wife, Teresa's in it are assholes, and we decided, let's do all the big roles ourselves. It's our <laughs> fucking show. So, <laughs> I play two characters, Simone plays two characters dialogue, my wife plays two characters singing, um, and Chris plays the blogs. That's right, so you really are yeah. kind of in that Disboards world, so you're going to make fun of them a little bit. Yeah. That's good. Um, it's going to be a good, a good time. You all fucking, I can't even tell you how fucking hard it's been to do this but guess what it's I, all I've guys. seen the script I don't know how you're going to put that all together it's very involved <laughs> it sure is yeah. the thing is if we don't finish it on time then we'll be talking to you a little bit earlier next week <laughs> and be well, like well I, I've read it and I've heard some of the music and it's pretty awesome it's definitely going to be worth the wait so absolutely so stay tuned for that Chris one more time, DisneyChris.com. Yes. Uh, what's, the, what's the name of the podcast? Mouse Magic? Mouse Music, rather? Mouse Music Mouse? Mouse Music, <laughs> and it's on the, the website, um, SideshowSoundTheater.com, and that's the British spelling, T-R-E, theater. 
For some reason, I always spell theater that I way. I always even spell though, it theater. Yeah, usually do, yeah. Yeah, I always spell uh, it T-R-E. And it's funny yeah, because, like, true. you know, it always corrects me on word. Yeah, <laughs> like, it no, does that, me that too, yeah. <laughs> and then my, um, if anybody, like I said, wants to follow me on Twitter, the more the merrier, it's uh, DisneyChris73. And I'm Wait, normally a very positive person. I kind of let my, my negative <laughs> side down tonight, but... Hey, listen, we've we've discussed this before. When we have people on the show, we make them bad. Yeah. <laughs> Joe was, like, cursing up a storm. <laughs> I know. I only said one swear word, I think. The whole, the, I didn't the, even remember in one. In the very beginning, I, I said one, but... Oh, I guess we'll have to listen again. <laughs> when I'm editing, I'll definitely make sure to keep that oh, in. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> for us, we actually now have an email address, which we didn't before, because wow. people seem to have, you know, have problems. They always complain when they send hate mail. Why is it so hard for me to send hate mail? So, guess what? It's not hard anymore. Mouserants at gmail.com. How fucking hard is that? Send us hate mail that way. You could do it the other way, too. But Mouserants at gmail.com. Mouserants at gmail.com. Don't forget it. Yes. Um, <laughs> jingle? We have a jingle now for that? It's going to change. Okay. Like, just like we had the Radio Wars jingle oh, yeah. that I never recorded. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> You've got Radio Wars! Did you do a jingle for that already? I thought I heard you make what up episode? an impromptu jingle. It was actually, yeah, I had recorded it right before the show, oh. and I kind of just pumped it in. Oh, okay. But, um, yeah, it, I was actually going to record it, and I got, you know, the musical happened. So <laughs> we'll uh, it'll, eventually we'll have a Radio Wars jingle as well as maybe a Disboards rant jingle, too. All right. Uh, yeah, so mouserants at gmail.com. Remember to go into iTunes, like, rate us and, you know, the whole thing. Five-star review. Give us a bad or a good review. I don't give a shit as long as you give us five stars and pump us up on the charts. I also want to say thanks to Jeff Miller. He actually gave me some great ideas for the next uh, upcoming podcast. We'll get to them eventually. We have a lot of shit on the docket for now. But we will be possibly reading some of your emails on the show, as well as going into some of the uh, great clips that you sent us as well. So we'll get to that. But for now, just a little thanks for you. Chris, thanks again for coming on. Thanks, Chris. I had a great time. Thank you. We had a great time, too, and we can't wait to hear from you next week or the week after, or we'll see what happens. See what happens. Yep. <laughs> Either. Whenever you want. <laughs> Fucking awesome. Fucking awesome. Okay. Say goodbye, Chris. Goodbye, and now the blob. <laughs> You're going to play that, remember? I am. I'm still going to, but I was waiting for my later fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> so, so okay, I'm now the blob, and Simone? And late. You called Simone the blob. No, 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 no that's not what I said. That now wasn't me. what I meant. That's fucked, man. <laughs> and now the blob will say later, fucker. Simone, Simone's a little skinny black girl, and you're calling her the blob. No, 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 no. Hmm. Word. No, you can, you can say goodbye oh, now. Yeah. <laughs> Who's saying goodbye? Wait, which goodbye? You are. E. Oh, okay. Oh, what, what What do I say? Oh, I forgot. Just saying goodbye! Wait, bye! bye. <laughs> Later, fuckers!
Beware of the blob, it creeps and leaps and glides and slides across the floor Right through the door and all around the wall A splotch, a blotch, be careful of the blob Beware of the blob, it creeps and leaps and glides and slides across the floor And now the blob. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, oh, me? Yeah. Oh, thanks. Well, like, you know, who 